Yeah, Jim is the moderate, and uh, we're going to start off the way that people would normally hear it. Um, hold on a sec. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Pie Factory Podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Um, hold on a second. My headphones are like really, really, really loud here. I better turn those down. Uh, yeah, I can hear him over here in Sweden. You're in Sweden? Well, not really. I thought Sean was in Sweden. Chicago. Sweden, well, Illinois. I'm, I'm in the neighborhood that's traditionally the Swedish neighborhood, uh-huh. so I might as well be in Sweden. Well, first of all, uh, somebody mentioned uh, Sweden, Illinois. Actually, I live about 20 miles from Norway, Illinois. Uh, that's a thing. Uh, oh. It's the oldest Norwegian settlement in the United States. The oldest surviving Norwegian settlement in the United States, by the way. And they have an awesome Norwegian store in town. And uh, where you can get stuff like lutefisk and other ludicrous, oh good, and uh, lingonberries and stuff like that. It's uh, it's awesome. Ooh, you get those at IKEA. Yeah, but you could get them there too, and you could get them there before IKEA. Ah, oh. so uh, yeah, it's home to the Norwegian Settlers Memorial, and I keep trying to find a way to ride my bicycle there, but it's like the last mile or so is like gravel, very loose gravel. And that's uh, good, not yeah, good for a road bicycle, but no, this is no, uh, no. hey, you're listening to Tangents Weekly. Uh, this is Jim. No, uh, this is Pie Factory Podcast, and this is uh, Jimmy G from uh, 20 miles away from Norway. And who else is there uh, north of me? Well, north of you, it, well, we, I think uh, everybody... Northeast of me. Northeast of you is um, um, clear. Is uh, not pink eye, Sean. Yay, I don't have pink eye. I found that out today. Hey, I thought yeah. I did. It's, uh, so did somebody punch you and you have a black eye? Or It feels like it. It really does. Donuts make but my brown I eyes don't. blue, actually. What about your pink eyes, though? Uh, I don't know. And actually, we got a couple of special guests uh, for no Ooh, other reason than we're tired of carrying the whole show by ourselves. And uh, who do we have up there from the Minneapolis St. Paul, uh, Minneapolis St. Paul uh, metropolitan area up there? What are you? Speak, speak. Andy, are you there? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was. Gonna, I was going to let you speak, go boy. first. Speak, boy. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, this is uh, Tim and Andy from the Super Podcast. Well, I can introduce myself. Well, I already did. Oh, gee. Well, thanks, I guess. Well, Saved you the time, bud. Tim is being very helpful today. He did some of my work for me. In fact, he did, I think, all of my work for me. All of your work? Um, maybe. Yeah. I had a good time uh, researching, so yes. Oh, oh, researching. Researching what? <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, researching nudge. Researching my butt. How y'all doing? We want our uh, our podcast to be family friendly, and the family that we are part of is the Beatrice family of companies. So there you go. We're Beatrice. So anyway, oh, why didn't you tell me you were going to say that? I could have put that in the soundboard. Well, Hyde could add it uh, ex post facto. Uh, Hyde post. We're Beatrice. So anyway, so Sean, uh, so uh, this Jim. is the part when we uh, talk about things that we have been playing. Uh, Sean. Oh. Or you know what? I'm going to be nice, and I'm going to let talk to our guests first. That would be very nice. That would be very nice. So why am I doing it? Uh, actually, uh, Tim, Andy, one of you guys, one of you, speak up. Uh, what have you guys been playing recently? Well, I uh, guess late- I'll go first. Oh, yeah, you go <laughs> ahead first. Yeah. Obviously, aside from the from the the games that we've been playing for this particular very special episode that we've got coming up here. Well, I wouldn't it say actually- it's special. Uh, well, maybe, well, maybe short it's bus slightly special. special. It's short bus special. <laughs> That's right. 
Um, it actually, the, this episode came at a really good uh, good time for me. I've been playing a lot of Contra 3 for the Super Nintendo on Ooh. my Super Nintendo whatever classic. And I have, I've just been obsessed with it. I actually went and bought it on my 3DS as well so I could play it when I was away from my television. I've, I've been really into Contra lately. So <coughs> Toilet! So this episode comes at a very opportune time for me. Very so it's pretty much mostly just been that and a smattering of other things, but mostly Contra 3, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about the original game here in a little bit. Contra 3 is so freaking good. Oh my god, it is. It's so good. Ever, wait, is that the one? That was the one on the... Uh, yeah, I have played that one. Uh, in fact, the Alien Wars. Oh, yes, I have, that's the one that's got... Well, you know, we could talk a little bit more about that a little bit later on. I've played through all three of the first four games. That's the the Genesis one, and uh, in the past, that one's freaking near impossible. But at any rate, it's fun. Oh, I'm not saying it isn't, but it is near impossible. But uh, yes. But, so, uh, Tim, what hast thou been playing? Uh, I just finished the Secret of Mana remake, mm-hmm. uh, and today I started playing Persona Five on PS3. Persona Five. Um. Along with games for this episode. I was going to say, because I'm kind of stuck in the past. I've never heard of any of the Persona games. and I think the last modern console I've owned is the uh, Wii U. And about a year ago, if you have kids, make sure their hands are clean when they touch electronics. That's what killed the gamepad for my Wii U. My son would always like candy or some something or other and then touch it, and then wonders why that the pad don't work, and he got upset because he couldn't play Minecraft on the Wii U anymore. So, well, let that be a lesson the, to us uh, all. The Persona series started on the original PlayStation. Ah, okay. I still haven't heard of it. Even though I have had a PlayStation. Actually, I've got one now, but... I Wait, per- who has an old rotary phone ringing in the background? Yeah, I'm hearing uh, that. that. I don't know what that is. <laughs> and, that's us. Hold on. Someone didn't shut my door when they came to visit me in my room here. Hold on a second. <laughs> that, that's not a sound I've heard in a long, long, long time. I was worried because that's actually my ringtone on my iPhone. Oh, I, yeah, I guess that would make more sense as a ringtone, but... <laughs> I couldn't hear that until somebody pointed it out because it's like, I've got a condenser microphone, but I got like these really, really good headphones that like old style block everything yeah, out yeah block everything out so <laughs> i couldn't hear I got it. these really great headphones that don't allow you to hear anything yeah <laughs> so huh, yeah like i was saying i've got a playstation but uh i've had one in the past too but i i don't know i played like crash bandicoot and uh the first gran turismo even though i kept playing it like a just a regular standard racer um i loved uh who was it i think it was nyko uh, made this uh, awesome uh, steering controller for the PlayStation 1. Oh, yeah. It had, yeah. like, the four buttons in the middle, and it turned, yep. and it still had... Oh, gosh, that was such an awesome controller. I really, really wish uh, somebody would make an adapter for that so you could play it on your PC, use it in MAME. That would be awesome. Nyko was killing it back in the oh, day. Oh, they had some awesome controllers back then. So, yeah, but mostly got all of the, like, Atari and Williams and Midway collections and stuff like that, and I was big into the Namco collections and... Let me think. I had Crash Band, like I said, the first two Crash Band, which I have again. It's been so long, I don't remember. I don't even know what I have now. <laughs> uh, what have you guys been playing? Yeah, Sean, what have you been playing? Seriously, nothing more than just podcast-related games. I just played Contra, I just played Akari Warriors, and I played Wasp and, uh, what's the other one? Failsafe on the uh, Atari 7800. I like Failsafe on the 7800, but... 
Um, why might you have been playing uh, Wasp and Failsafe? Well, I played Wasp. Man, I hate that word. I really Wasp. Well, Wasp. White Anglo-Saxon it's, it's Protestant. Wasp. No, that's that uh, that band, that metal band from the '80s, Wasp. It has an exclamation point yeah. at the end of it. Uh, uh, I was playing that. Featured in the movie Dungeon Master. Really? Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Also under the alternate title Rage War. Oh. Wasn't that guy? A, uh, what was that guy's uh, name? Richie Blackmore. Yes. Wow. How did I? Is remember it the guy that? from Santana? Uh, I think so. Oh, interesting. So you were saying? I think so. We were. I was trying to uh, awkwardly get a plug in for your podcast, Sean. What Pie Factory? Why would we plug our own podcast on our own podcast? <laughs> Uh, no, I thought you had another podcast, you know, the one you oh, didn't tell oh, your wife oh, about. The, the, uh, the Atari 7800 homebrew podcast. Yeah. Because, uh, the most recent game that was covered by all of us at that podcast is Wasp. Oh, ah, interesting. Nice. And I played fail safe simply because, and, uh, and this is the God's honest truth. I have not played fail safe since I think two days after I got it like three or four years ago until today, the day we're actually recording it. It's quite simply because when I was researching it for the podcast, I was like, man, I got to play this, but I just didn't have time to play it. Well, what have I been playing? I'm glad you guys asked. Well, <clears throat> I don't think we asked. Well, I did. Tim actually okay, did. Tim he said, asked, what okay. have you guys been playing? So uh, actually, I uh, purchased. I thought he was just talking to me and Andy. Uh, no. I know you guys like to leave me out of everything, but uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. Not gotten that. What have I been playing? Well, be I, at this juncture. Um, I actually uh, purchased myself an Uno cart for my Atari 8-bit computer. Uh, I hadn't played my Atari 8-bit in like two years, actually. It's been sitting here. I keep meaning to do it. I got one of those SIO to USB uh, devices that uh, a guy over at Atari Age actually gave me when I had my foot surgery a few years ago. But I wanted something a little bit more convenient because that requires you to be tethered to your computer. I mean, it's got more functions. Uh, I never stuff, understood but, the point of that. Why would you want to run a game off of another running computer? It's just too much effort. Well, food. sometimes you just got to do the original hardware. But at any rate, but I got an Uno cart, which is uh, goes into the cartridge port on the 8-bit, and it's an SD cart. And I loaded it up with a bunch of games, and I've been playing a lot of stuff on that. It's a little bit of a learning curve, because the one thing I don't, don't, don't like about uh, emulation or, uh, like, Uno carts or or uh, flash devices or whatever for uh, for the Atari 8-bit computers, is there were so many different formats of media for it that the whole file format for the ROMs, it just, it's just like a huge cluster. I mean, you have uh, cassette games, you have floppy disk games, uh, you had cartridge games, and then there were some that had uh, like special uh, bank switching things and some with special copy protection. And it just got to be like, there's like a whole lot of different file formats so it's it can get really hard to try to find stuff that will run on the uno cart but uh, a few guys over at atari age uh, helped me out uh, dr vinkman and ss and uh, so thank you guys so i've been playing a lot of games on that there have been a lot of interesting games that i had played previously like uh preppy and canyon climber canyon climber is actually one of the one of the games that actually made me want to get an atari 8-bit computer which i did about 10 12 years ago which sean actually has my old atari 8-bit computer and i which one do you have well sean's got the 600 xl and the one i have is the 65 xe cool i upgraded the ram on the 600 xl so it'll actually run games you were saying that although i never really had much problem with it but then again no i didn't have that many i have a on cartridge a copy of uh, blaster uh for the atari 8-bit which is a prototype that was never released and uh, 
I actually got uh, <clears throat> Eugene Jarvis and Larry DeMar to autograph it for me. Well, they autographed a label you stuck on it. Well, yeah, because, I mean, the, to be fair, it's kind of the label's kind of crappy anyway. But I'm, yeah. if I see him again, I'm going to try to get a nicer label made for it. But uh, I think or we told that get, story Or had him before. a silver paint marker. Yeah, I could do that, but I didn't have one at the time. But at any rate, so I think we told that story before, though. Um, yes, we did. And, yes, we did. And I noticed Blaster oh, you know isn't what? on our upcoming episode list. We'll have to correct that. Yeah, well, we should correct that. Especially because I've never played it, and I have no idea how to play it, and I want to learn how to play it. So, yeah. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll bring it to Midwest Gaming Classic, and ah. we can play it on the 8-bit. Uh-huh. The 8-bit's uh, a little bit different than the arcade, well, especially graphically, but it's still a pretty amazing... F- it's still a very amazing feat of a game for the Or you could just load it up in MAME. Or you could do that. Except I wouldn't do that because it's copyright infringement, and I would I would have to get the actual arcade machine first. I bet somebody at MGC is going to bring a blaster machine. I'll bet you, I think Doc has one, doesn't oh, he? Oh, Doc definitely has one. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely got one. So you guys are going to be at MGC? Midwest Gaming Very. Classic, yes. Are you guys? <gasps> I think so. Dun, dun, dun. Absolutely. Are you wait, sure? Wait, I'm wait, not wait, sure hold, how I'm going to afford it, but hold I'm going to find a way. Uh, oh, 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 uh. This this is this is called loading sounds under the sound. Bo- oh, I I didn't try. Never mind. Yeah, not gonna happen. Okay. Sorry. Well, so yeah, I'm I'll gonna to be there instead. It's yeah. a booger snot. Oh, sorry. Oh. Sure. <laughs> this is what Jeez, I Ferg. <laughs> sorry, Ferg. So yeah. I seriously did not mean to hit that one. What was it? It was the uh, Midwest Gaming Classic is like the weekend of March 13th, I think. Something like that. April. April, 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 April. Yeah, April. April yeah. 13th, 14th, and 15th. Oh, that would have been hilarious if you showed up at in Milwaukee <laughs> and you were just inside this empty convention center going, uh, hello? Have you ever heard my the story of me at uh, one of the Dayton Computer Fests? I've heard several stories, so about I don't know which one, one you're talking about. I, was, I, was, I went there one year with a guy who owned Mars Merchandising up in, gosh, I can't remember the name of the town, but he was on St. Charles Road, just west of Interstate 355 in the Chicago area. I can't remember the name of the town off the top of my head. But at any rate, we were there, but he ate something bad, and so I had to pack up all of our, our stuff uh, by myself and load it into our van and everything. And of course, some Jagoff comes by in a golf cart late at night, and the me and him are the last ones there. And some Jagoff guy comes in in a golf cart, and he can see that I'm struggling trying to get stuff together. And I ask, could, "Could you help me here?" And he goes, "No." And I'm alone Dick. with my other with the guy I went there with, who's sick as a dog, just leaning over in pain in his chair, and I'm struggling to get all of this crap loaded. And this guy in his in his little golf cart just looking there, just looking at me, smiling, watching me. You know, try to load. And of course, I had to work at like 6 a.m. the next day. And here it was. We're in Dayton, Ohio. It's like midnight. You were trying to get back. Of course, I was working at McDonald's at the time. And uh, I'm like, F this. And I just, I'm not going in. I, I called him up. I'm like, I'm just too tired. I just got in. He goes, could you at least come in just for the lo- breakfast restoration? I'm like, I am dead tired. Well, could you come in at least? To- uh, whatever. But yeah, so I basically was in the Dayton, Ohio uh, convention center uh, for all intents and purposes by myself. There were two other people there, but they might as well have not been there. So that actually did happen. So it kind of sort of happened, yeah. Except dream come true, Sean. <laughs> Except it happened in yep. Dayton and not uh, and not Milwaukee. Yeah. Where... yeah. Oh, well. And I guess, should I bring uh, up uh, the Flurzel Corpse now? Inside joke. Uh, yeah, that's, that's yeah, very that's inside very inside. There are like four people who know what that means, and one of them is no longer living. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm right here. 
Okay, make it five. <laughs> oh, did I? T- oh, you know what? I, you know what I'm getting? Herpes. Hmm. That's, well, that's not up to me now, is it? <laughs> what are you getting? Angry because I can't. There. There. Ref- I'm getting bad reflexes and a Vectrex. Ooh. Yeah. Welcome Ooh. to the club. Welcome to the party, brother. I've always wanted one. I had one when I was a little kid. Well, I was a preteen, actually. I wouldn't say and, you were uh, little. My, my little cousin, Alex, who was like five or six years old, he he was over with other family, you know, my, my aunt and uncle and stuff. And he was kind of getting into this into the Vectrex. And my mother said, hey, you know what? You never play that thing anymore, do you? I said, no, not really. And she said, well, why don't you give it to Alex? And I was like, that's a good <gasps> idea. Oh, no. That was not yeah. a good idea at all. That was no, a terrible because- idea. Because I've, I'm not good at keeping in touch with my family at all. I'm terrible. I have nothing Don't against screw the family. It's the Vectrex that, that <laughs> I worry. I know. And that's your real and family. I hardly yeah, ever family saw them can after be that. replaced. Vectrexes, well, I guess can not too, but think, not as yeah, easily. But yeah, and I, and I think the last time I saw Alex was when he was seven years old, and then I didn't see him again until my grandmother's funeral. And I didn't. And this was like eight years ago. And I didn't think it would have been appropriate I to do. say. To say, hey, hey, Alex, you still got that Vectrex? Any chance you'd uh, be interested in parting with it? <laughs> Real sad about Grandma. I think it's what Grandma would have wanted. <laughs> uh, sad Grandma died. Hey, you're going to use that Vectrex? It's <laughs> just written in, like, ballpoint pen on the will. Also, P.S. <laughs> if, if nobody is discussing Vectrex Wait, at my funeral, I will be upset. really bad all of a sudden? The priest is uh, is presiding over the funeral graveside, <laughs> and the, the casket is lowering into the ground. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Oh, by the way, Sean wants the Vectrex. <laughs> Give it up. Uh, <laughs> if the for casket some reason, opens... Uh, Give the bastard the Vectrex! <laughs> <laughs> if for some reason I am at your funeral because I live longer than you, Andy, uh, I will. <laughs> like that's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, that'll never. That'll never happen. But if for some, by some miraculous uh, event it does, I will mention the Vectrex. Thank you. <laughs> in fact, I'll bring my Vectrex and like play Spike and just like lose a life and go. I just want a Vectrex, you know, narrating my funeral, you know, you have the voice synthesis going and then just have the text going across the screen. Everybody has to get real close to it because you can't see the Atari box works with it. Oh. Yeah, it does. Oh, no, Spike. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it does. And you know what else I'm getting with it? The uh, Sean Kelly multi-cart. Nice. Mm, I got to get the new one. The new one has a lot more homebrews on it. I've got, I I don't know. I don't I've remember got the which one it newest, is, but I've and I I realized I didn't realize until after I PayPal'd, but it was Scott Stilfen who sold me that thing. Ah, isn't Sean still selling them on eBay? I thought he was I, at least fairly recently. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's how I bought mine from him uh, the three cartridge on eBay. Huh? Yeah, he's still he's still selling them on his. Uh, or no, and wait, this is a different guy. Never mind. He he must he must have uh, sold out of his last run that he did. My uh when I played it, the one game that I wanted to play the most, Fortress of Narzad, um for some reason didn't work and he, I uh messaged him via eBay and he got back to me within like minutes trying to get it to work and then he's like try just starting this system over again. And I did and it worked fine cuz it's just, you know, old hardware. Mhm. It's not the cartridge, it's the hardware. 
Oh, and speaking of uh, Scott Stilfen, um, Jim, as moderator, um, can I ask you to open up Addenda and Errata? Alrighty, let's open up Addenda and Errata. Having a soundboard does have its benefits. Yeah, I can't wait to experience them. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, this is an addendum that I should have, like, addended a long time ago because I got this message from Scott Stilfen back on September the 11th, 2017 and totally didn't see it. Never forget. the day that I turned 49. Yeah. Yeah, it says, let's see, Scott says, first of all, happy birthday to Jimmy G. Uh, Oh, thank you, Scott. Actually, that's a lie. He didn't actually say that at all. He says, meant to contact you sooner about this. It would be interesting if you could track down some of the folks who worked on the game. He's talking about Paperboy and ask them about Caesar and Hollingstad's idea for it. That's the, those are the two uh, teenagers who came oh. up with the idea, and then Atari allegedly stole it from them. Mm-hmm. Being it's been over 30 years and Atari games is long gone, maybe they'll admit to stealing the concept. It's interesting that if you leave the attract mode on, it cycles through the same few screens a few times, but then it will throw up... <laughs> A full credit screen, and he ha- he actually attached it to the uh, message here. Usually the high score table includes the initials of everyone who worked on a game. We can discount the first three, which are listed as Dat, The, and Boy. Is Mark's middle initial E? John Solwitz might be J-E-S. Not really sure about that. Uh, hmm. Mark. Oh, that'd be uh, Mark Caesar, who was one of the two teenagers who... Uh, claimed to have to have been the uh, designer of the game see the middle road high score chart says paperboy is the greatest easy street chart says put your score onto this table as for when the game came out you mentioned 1985 in your podcast but according to mame the game came out december 1984 there's also a 1984 flyer on the arcade flyer archive at arcade-flyer.com uh link in the show notes uh hide you're gonna have to add that in by the way Note the company credit says Atari Games Inc., as does one of the 1985 flyers. Uh, One of the 1985 flyers says Atari Games Core. He goes on to say, on Monday, June 30th, 1986, Mr. Mark Caesar and Mr. Robin Hollingstad filed a suit against Atari Games Core for a million dollars plus profits, alleging that the company stole the idea for a video game that was marketed by the name of Paperboy. He put that in all caps, so I had to emphasize that. The boys had submitted to Atari a detailed proposal for a similar game in July 1983, and then he just—and that's pretty much what uh, uh, Scott had to say about all that. So, ah. uh, thank you, thank you for that, Scott. And actually, I have something briefly to addend for the previous episode about Trivial oh. Pursuit and Moonwalker. This is about Trivial Pursuit. Oh, um, do tell. In the in the sequence of the game where you're actually going into the uh, into the room where you you answer the question and get the pie piece, it just occurred to me that the the figures that are standing against the wall, they're like dressed in robes and have they're like blowing a horn or something like that. The one on the right is the exact logo for the Horn Abbott Game Company. I did not notice that. It just struck me the other day because I was uh, actually pulled out my Trivial Pursuit set, which, by the way, I did find my defective Trivial Pursuit cards. Except you know? one of them. Well, except for the one that you like. You know what? I'm going to grab them real quick here and just... I'm not going to make a big deal out of this. I will ask one question. And, uh, okay. Uh, give our guests... I, I will give you the answers that you can select from uh, because, you know, the answers on all of these are wrong, but only one is the right... Oh, I right, see what you're right, doing. Right, it's wrong, kind of a right, wrong prototype answer. here. So, okay, you have, uh, you have six questions. Uh, give me a number from one to six, and I'll ask you that question. Four. One, two, three, four. 
All right, this is the arts and literature category. What was the name of Quint's boat in Peter Benchley's novel Jaws? And here are your choices. A boxer, Hal Holbrook, Alexander Graham Bell, 109, 7, or London? I'll go London. London. Tim, that was London. All right, Andy. I'm going to go with Alexander Graham Bell. The correct answer, so to speak, is 7. The name of Quint's boat in Peter Benchley's novel Jaws is Seven. That's a good movie. So let me see. What's the most rural... Seven, r- not Jaws. The other questions are, what's the most rural state in the U.S.? And the answer is London. Who's? <laughs> this oh. is a good one. I wish you guys would have <laughs> chose to. I'm, I'm going to do this one anyway. Who's Fred Flintstone's best friend? The answers again are Seven, Alexander Graham Bell, a boxer, 109, Hal Holbrook, or London. Hal Holbrook, yep. of course. <laughs> Fred Flintstone's best friend is Hal Holbrook. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Uh, what man has the most monuments erected to him? The answer is 109. Uh, what's yeah, this? <laughs> so the, si- the, science- were wrong. The, science car- the science category is good. What's the symbol for the zodiacal sign Gemini? Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> uh, I can see that. What sports broadcaster graduated Phi Beta Kappa from law school? And the answer is, of course, a boxer. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> so non-specific. I, I just love these damn cards. I'll never forget the day that me and my brother were playing. With, like We first got the game for Christmas when we were younger. And we're going through them. And then we're like, wait a minute. One of us got a question that we knew the answer for. And the answer on the other side was completely wrong. We just went through the whole deck card by card to uh, pull out all of the, uh, all of the defective cards. <laughs> and... I'm just uh, upset that I just cannot find uh, Sean's favorite uh, favorite one, and that is, what two words make up the word spam? What is the it? The answer, of course, is Leon Trotsky. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find uh, that card. There I is no. I might have confiscated that from you. You may have. I, I want to think I, I loaned think it to you or defined, I don't think there's a defined answer for what spam stands for. I heard spiced, spiced ham. But, but you guys are there's in There's a lot of different. So there's a lot of different theories behind it. I can't remember which one the actual Hormel company has come forward and said because there's I think like four or five different f- origin stories that are floating around. Huh. Spiced ham makes the most sense, even though it doesn't really have any spices in it. Well, well it, does. it probably Salt. has some something <laughs> something to cover up the flavor of uh, pig parts. Hey, I like spam. Loves. It's I actually too, not it, bad grilled. Oh, I love grilled spam. It's really good if you fry it up so it's nice and crispy, and you put it in some nice bread with a little bit of mayonnaise. It's excellent. In college, we got uh, we got very creative with how we ate spam. Um, uh, my roommate, uh, he made the most kick-ass spam pizza. Yeah, because you can make it, ta- if you cut it thin enough, it'll crisp up like bacon. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Spam is is very uh, it gets a bad rap, but you know the thing is compared to most processed meats that you get on top of say you know cheap pizzas and stuff, it's more real than all that. Hmm. I remember we were launching spam out of a winger at Winger War. Mm, really? I, yeah, we did do that, didn't we? Yeah, that was the day I met you and Bob. Yeah, that's the the time when you got uh, nailed with a water balloon in the crotch, if I'm not mistaken. You are not mistaken. Yeah. I believe it was better uh, than getting nailed with yeah. a can of spam in the dome. That would have killed you. Oh yeah, it well, definitely would. We took would've. it out of the can. But yeah, we were we were we split up the the uh, block of spam into two or four parts. We were launching it just as, and the thing is, it bounced. 
We oh, like, yeah. We went back and retrieved it and, and like relaunched it like several times before it finally splattered. And it it's splattered in one of the t- of, a, of a Super Bowl. It oh. splattered in the tennis court. And I remember our friend Matt, who was the other person who would have understood the uh, Florzel Corp reference before. Uh, uh, may he rest in peace. Uh, there were some people who were about to use the tennis court. So he had to walk over to them and first make friends with them because it was his goal to make friends with everybody he ever encountered. And second, he had to warn them about the slippery court because of the spam. <laughs> we were shooting spam all over the concrete. How did you get uh, hit in so... the syringe? Eh, shooting spam. All right. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, actually, I have one more addenda for last episode, and this is by oh, I... uh, by uh, Ferg or Ferghead or the oh, Atari Twenty Six Hundred or... Game by Game podcast podcast guy or the Pothead. Bo- Pothead. The pothead. <laughs> That's what I or the podfather. <laughs> uh, he was saying, uh, exactly, uh, commenting on our last episode, he was saying, tech, we were talking about how uh, the Trivial Pursuit you know, lawsuit and how uh, the uh, the one guy found out that uh, Trivial Pursuit were copying was copying facts from his game because in the game there was a question, what is Columbo's first name? And in the game it said Peter, but that's not true. That was used as a trap for people, you know, to find people who were stealing guys. You know, stuff from this guy's book. Oh, yeah, because they were trying to find out who was stealing the mm-hmm. the trivia. Well, and uh, Ferg responds, Technically, you were right that Columbo's first name was never revealed on the show, but nowadays we have freeze frame and all that crap, so we can see on his license plate, or on his license, that his first name is actually Frank. Yeah, I, I heard that on the uh, a podcast called Good Job Brain. Ooh. It's just a trivia hmm. podcast. I they talked about... They talked about Trivial Pursuit. Link in the show notes. They talk about Trivial Pursuit a lot, but uh, this one they were talking about like the origins of Trivial Pursuit and like kind of the some interesting bits and pieces of its history. And you know how could you avoid getting everything one hundred percent correct? And did it ever plagiarize? And it's like, yeah, it did. I wonder if they ever talked about the defective cards. Maybe not. I don't think so. I've listened to every episode repeatedly, and I've never heard that before. Hmm. So I did see one instance. I googled that someone else had a, had a defective set of cards too, and uh, I sent an email to the to the, whoever runs the Pursuing Trivia website and asked about that. And I never heard back. But uh, one other thing, Jimmy G, did you ever use your defective cards in actual gameplay, like knowing that they were defective? So you can say, no, no really, it says right. Oh, come on. Never, just a never, mess never with people. Did, <laughs> just because I got so much entertainment value just from reading them by themselves. I have uh, a couple of errata for Trivial Pursuit, by the way. Okay. Actually, maybe just one erratum now that I think about it. Uh, forgot to mention... There's some misspellings in the game. Like, they misspelled the word on, for God's sake. I I, yes, I've noticed that in the arcade no, game. on I've gotten... is not spelled O-N-N. There's just one N. And I think I caught a few times where they misspelled or used the wrong version of the word your. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, that's that's going to make me downgrade my rating, I think. Because that drives me rough. batshit crazy. Your and their really, really Really grinds my gears. I'm surprised I have not seen more people spell your Y O R E. And, oh, and that's also, a real uh, word, of course. But <laughs> and also, when people misuse its, that's the, the one that it, sets me off ragingly. Oh, mad. It's so easy to not. It shouldn't happen. Por- it, it, pronouns do not get possess- possessivized by the, the apostrophes. The problem is the problem is though is freaking autocorrect always messes that one up for me. And I don't catch it in really? time. Yeah, it always. My autocorrect. Oh, 
My autocorrect actually does it right when I'm going to do it wrong Andy, before I would have caught it myself. Andy, Tim, guys, go duck yourself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cut that shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my, my Google keyboard ship. <laughs> still hasn't, hasn't learned how foul-mouthed I am. <laughs> Every time I try, it says duck. The one thing I hate most on my phone, and we should probably move on, but the one thing I hate most on my phone is I'll type something, and I'll misspell it, and I'll hit enter, and then it puts that autocorrect into the dictionary yeah. <laughs> and then i'm always having to go back and like delete it out of the uh, out of the dictionary do you want to make it to where the your your phone will no longer predict this word hell yes well that's how i have the word gond in my phone gond. Kind of good <laughs> <laughs> so it is one so there's one positive you type about luther all the time in your phone that much <laughs> apparently <laughs> We should make God, we should we should make it our duty to work the word gond into everyday conversation. Yeah, it should be a real word. It, should be. it sounds like a real word. Gond. I have a uh, addendum for uh, the other game we talked about. Uh, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, that's right. We forgot to mention that that's one of those games that has that big huge badge at the beginning of it saying, "Oh, drugs." Blah! You know, or whatever oh, yeah. it said. I mean, it, it was huge. It wasn't just a subtle, don't do drugs, kids. It was like, attention, if you do drugs, we will kill you kind of thing. <laughs> was it, was it the, the FBI warning? The... Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Actually, for a while on my uh, Winners, retro... don't use drugs, from, I actually loser. had that on my boot screen on my, uh, on my RetroPie uh, uh, device uh, a while back. That was hilarious. Nice. Now you, you just guys... have a picture of Lake Louise. Have you guys seen the the uh, the minty pie? Minty pie? Yeah, it's a, it sounds delicious. What they, it's a retro pie that's been fitted into an Altoids tin. I've so heard, the yes, of, I heard about this. I keep a couple I, of oh, empty Altoids tins just for things like that, just, and, I, and I never do anything with them. There's an amplifier you can build into one, too, Ooh, apparently. Uh, I think but, you can make uh, a little theremin out of one of them, too. Electronics yeah, Project so. Weekly. But you can buy all the parts to build the RetroPie portable that has a screen fitted into the lid of the Altoids tin. Uh, you can buy all the 3D printed parts, the board, the, you know, et cetera and so forth. can't remember the website, but I will send it to you so you can post it on your show notes if you want to. Uh, very cool project for any, uh, you know, techies. Anyone who's interested in kind of... I mean, it would be a real conversation piece. Like, oh, hey, you want a mint? Oh, sorry. This is a retro pie. Oh. Bazinga. Your breath still stinks. <laughs> well, I think with that, uh, are we ready to... Are, can we close the door on Addenda Inerata or... Oh, nicely done. We are just making, we are just making Hyde's job easier, but he's still not taking a cut in pay. Figure that out. Yeah. Well, hey, his contract is up for renegotiation soon. Mm. But anyway, I think with that, we should move on and talk about some games here. And uh, you know what? Usually, uh, Sean uh, uh, forces me to go first to talk about my game. But uh, hey, uh, we'll leave it to uh, we'll leave it to uh, Tim and Andy. Which game do you guys want to talk about first? Akari Warriors or Contra? I would say Contra. Yeah, let's do that. Tim and Andy wants to talk about Contra, so let's talk about Contra. Ooh, nice. Ah, uh, Contra. Or no, uh, I'm going to mix uh, it up uh, and say... Uh, 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 uh. Contra! This year, this year yeah. it's... Yeah! This year it's... <gasps> huzzah! Contra! Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, yes, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alrighty then. So... And, 
where should we start here? Because I know, I know, Tim, you did some uh, Konami history type stuff. So maybe that's where we should start then with that. Well, why don't we talk about a little bit about Konami history? Because I certainly didn't yeah. talk about SNK history at all in my notes, actually, now that I look at it. I read up about Konami today, and, you know, it's kind of one of those typical Japanese video game startup companies that emerged uh, in the, you know, the, the era of... Um, electronic entertainment, oh, and might so to speak. I, uh, like- might I interject here, and I've told this before, but uh, in 1986, I actually applied for a job to be a Konami game counselor. That's awesome. They're in like Wooddale, Illinois, just outside of uh, O'Hare Airport. It would have been a cool. bit of a commute for me, like 30 miles one way, but I'm driving that these days, so, you know, but I'm getting paid yeah. better than six fifty an hour. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> Well, uh, it's Konami started as a repair business for jukeboxes uh, in the early 70s or late 60s. I can't remember. That's a common theme among some of the more popular video game makers. Yeah, they, they kind of started Rockola, as like repair Stern. companies or like mm-hmm. or just like companies that like put, you know, GCC. electronic devices into bars and, and basically uh, coin and operated like. entertainment, really. They uh, yeah, exactly. Sega service games, you know, and uh from there, it went on to just kind of license games put in their in their areas, and then they moved on from there to creating their own sort of entity. And now they make slot machine games for the Android platform. <laughs> they sure do. Well, they, yep. They make a lot. They make a lot of stuff. They they have a real estate branch. Really? But they yeah, don't make they video a, games anymore. That's for damn sure. Well, they do, just not not good ones. Hmm. Other soccer games are still good. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> but aside from that, yeah, things things aren't going so uh, swimmingly for so Konami on the video game end. Yeah, they're not super duper. But yeah, they they have uh, they have trading cards. They have their arcade branch. They have their anime branch. They publish, I think, manga, and they own a lot of famous IPs that we're all familiar with. You know, Contra, of course, being one. Castlevania. Uh, Dance Dance Revolution, Gradius, and you, me- Gradius. You mentioned uh, Pro Evolution Soccer, Metal Gear, Silent Hill. Oh, by the way, um, if you ever cut, get uh, get to the Galloping Ghost in Chicago, they have the arcade Silent Hill and the arcade uh, Metal Gear Solid. Oh, nice! They're like gigantic theater type games too. But Konami really hit their groove with games like Scramble, uh, Frogger. Yes, Scramble Time was pilot. definitely one of their one of their first big arcade hits. That's a huge hit. When they wanted to put stuff in other markets outside of Japan, they licensed their software to um, and hardware to other companies like Gremlin. I remember seeing some Konami Gremlin games back in the day. Well, Frogger was Sega Gremlin. We covered that before, but I don't remember what the deal was with that. Yeah, I don't know how that went over. And then I think... Really, when Konami started to hit its stride was in the 8-bit era, the home gaming era, when the NES came around and the Famicom. My favorite bit of Konami history is actually the whole Ultra Games, Palcom games thing. Mm-hmm. Where they had a, a shell company because Nintendo had such strict regulations on only releasing five games in a year. They got around it by creating these shell companies, Palcom for the PAL territories, and uh, Ultra Games for the uh, North American audience. It's, it's so, so many good games, that, they needed to create a whole separate company to put them all well, out. I always they thought were, it weird that, uh, that 
that they uh, released Gyrus for the NES on Ultra. On Ultra. And not I know. on the Konami label, which, to truth be told, at the time, I think Gyrus in the arcade was a much bigger game than any of their other NES titles, save uh, Gradius and Contra. Yeah, it, it kind of seems like they were just like, okay, let's release this random handful of games under Konami, and oh, crap, we have to release these yeah. five games, I don't too. think they really and cared. They were making the money either way. They weren't thinking it through. They weren't thinking it through, but it doesn't matter because, you know, uh, the, the, the Ultra brand went away in 1992 because it was useless at that point because uh, Nintendo was really becoming more lenient with their release policies. And uh, I think Palcom ended in, like, 96, 95 or something. So I think the 8-bit era into the 16-bit era is really where Konami cemented a lot of their brands. Yeah, the, the 80s like, really was was a well, fantastic time for, for Konami. Yeah, definitely into the, into the 90s, too. But, I mean, even looking at their arcade I would, catalog I would say the from late, the well, 80s. No, I was going to say the later half of the 80s, but... But they had stuff, and like, as you mentioned, Frogger. I mean, yeah, and uh, yeah. they had stuff throughout the eighties. I mean, yeah, they, Scramble they was eighty one. They, you know, Track and yeah. Field in eighty three, Gyrus in eighty three. I mean, they, they really throughout the eighties, uh, they were very they consistent. They evolved with the video game really, market. They didn't really start sucking until the late two thousand. Until three D gaming came along, and they tried to no, because even <laughs> Metal Gear Solid was an incredibly good game. True. But you know, it's honestly it's 2012 when they. I think they really started to go south. I will say that this was about one... Konami in that era. Several years ago, I was a huge fan of The Walking Dead. I haven't watched it in two years now because I think the show jumped the zombie shark, as it were. But uh, when they announced they were doing a were there zombie game, sharks? Might be. I hope so. <laughs> but probably uh, by now. In uh, but when I heard they were they announced a, a Silent Hill sequel with. Uh, Oh God, Norman Reedus, uh, the guy who played oh, no, with Norman Reedus in the Silent Hill game, doing the voicing and stuff, and they actually got as far as recording some of his lines. I was like, "Holy crap, I am there!" And then they canceled the game. Yeah, I was pissed about yeah. that. Yeah, I can't do The Walking Dead, but it's not because of the show. It's just because zombies are, <laughs> yeah, for lack of a better term, dead to me. Uh, but, uh, but, um, but, oh wait a minute, there we go. There you go. But yeah, so that's Konami. Yeah. So well, what do you um, say we get into uh, get into Contra then specifically? Oh, let's get into let's it. get into oh, it. Let's, wow. Let's dive deep into Contra because I, I know I'm very excited. So yeah, to our our first game we're going to talk about Contra, also known as Grizor or Probotector in other areas of the Probotector. world. Yes. That sounds like a, a a naughty rubber novelty. <laughs> it sure does. Sure does. It's to cover my probotector. <laughs> yes. yes. This is the protector object. to cover my to cover my probe. It's my probotector. There you go. Yes. Bend over. But of course, Contra is a run and gun arcade game from Konami, released in 1987. So that this is towards the end of the 80s. Um, but uh, it, it's not clear if the game was based on the real-life Contra Rebels, or at least inspired. I, I think it's pretty safe to I say that they were, but... They you took the what? name. I, I, think, th I think they only took the name because it was in the news. But, right. Uh, as I'm sure you'll probably mention here, so I'm going to steal your thunder, the game is very, very clearly based on the Alien movies. Yes, yeah. Al al aliens, in particular. Correct. Yeah, and you can see a, a lot of... Uh, 
Oh, a lot that's of a game I need to add to the spreadsheet now that I think about it. Hold on. What game? Aliens. You know, this is the second game we're talking about that has that that apparently has alien influence, and I've never seen any of the alien movies ever. Only what? seen maybe the first two. Oh maybe man, maybe that's why I. Well, you'll hear what I say mm. later. Well, that hey. was such you, a, a prominent influence to video games. I mean, you even had you know Metroid, which which came along around the same time. That was extremely influenced by that film. So I I, I think that uh, no, had had quite a. I think- quite a huge effect on uh, not only just the film industry but video games you see a lot of you see a lot of influence throughout uh, games of the period uh i think that metroid was more it had more roots in like the first alien movie and then contra had more roots in the sequel yeah i would say so yeah well, well i would just i don't know it just seems that way but sean do you prefer slasher movies or action movies i'm not, i'm not a fan of either Oh, I'm darn. really not. That's probably why you haven't seen Alien or Aliens, which probably. are the only two movies that you need to see. Alien 3, everything past that, uh, Prometheus is okay. a hogwash. Don't Definitely bother Definitely see it, but... Alien 1 and 2. Alien yeah. 3 ha- has yeah, some good no, ideas, no. and uh, if you understand the history, you can actually appreciate that movie more. Uh, but the thing I always hated about that is it had the same exact ending as Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Yes, and, and then you was, can skip all I think the rest it was of Alien directed films. by I think Alien Three was directed by Josh We uh, Joss Whedon, wasn't it not? I thought it was David Fincher. Was it? I thought, I thought so. it was Joss Whedon. You know, it's a shame that none of us has like access to any way to find this out. No, you know? there's no way to know unless it's on the back there's of no, one of your oh, trivial damn pursuit it. cards. It was David Jim. Fincher. <laughs> was it was David okay. do have trivial it was David pursuit cards next uh, to me. Yeah. David Fincher's first film, I believe. It was 109. Yeah. Oh, wow. How about <laughs> Alexander that? Graham Bell. Huh, seven. Hmm. Yes. But uh, you know, back back to Contra, um, I wasn't nearly old enough. I've, I'd just been born, actually, when this game came out. But uh, for those that aren't familiar with the group, the real-life Contra Rebels, they were a Nicar- Nicaraguan right-wing group that was actually backed by the U.S. to, to fight the socialist, the evil socialist Nicaraguan government. The, the group carried out more than 1,300 terrorist attacks in the, uh, in the name of their, their cause, which the Reagan administration downplayed their connection to. Too. And you can, if you want to read more about this, if you're unfamiliar, and I certainly wasn't, certainly look up the Iran Contra affair. If if you if you ever wanted a reason to uh, maybe distrust the integrity of our government, but anyway, yeah, it's actually Man. very very interesting reading. I remember, I, recommend it. I remember that time, and all I remember was that it was the most boring TV ever made. <laughs> Watching Oliver North testify. And just for hours and hours, he'd just be talking like this. And right. can we please get somebody else on TV? Yeah, and I, I think it's pretty apparent that they did take the name from that. Um, I don't. I don't think they were uh, promoting any any sort of. Uh, extreme political cause i just think the whoever is making this heard the name contra saw those saw these people in the jungle with machine guns and then thought it would be a cool name and well and also you could look at the cover of the game at least the nes version then you know exactly what they watched which is friggin predator because bill is arnold schwarzenegger from the cover of the movie and the movie poster uh, and Lance is from a screen cap on the back of the VHS tape. The artwork on the front cover is 
completely ripped off, which Konami was great for back in the day. Oh yeah, they did it. They did it with this. They did it with Metal Gear, other such games. <laughs> I know those two off the top of my head. <laughs> right, but the. Uh... The connection was is kind of cemented by the fact that at least the the connection as it pertains to the Contra group um, is cemented by the fact that the music track for the credits is named Sandinista, which was the I don't know if it was a nickname for the uh, the Nicaraguan government at the time, but uh, yeah, so it's that that's kind of the, oops. The, uh, that's, that's also the name of an album by the Clash, Sandinista. I believe so. Very well, could be. So yeah, that, that's kind of the story behind the the name there. I mean, I, I think most people nowadays just associate the name Contra with the video game series. But I did mention in the introduction to the game that it was known as Grizzor in other areas in the of the world, and that was done simply because there was a uh, there's a lot of sympathy for the Contra cause in uh, other areas of the world, other areas of the world that were uh, a little more socialist lean, and they didn't want to create any controversy there. And a little less patriotic, America. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, and then the, the Probotector. I don't think that name was ever actually used for the arcade game. I could be wrong. I know that that was uh, that was done in, I believe, Germany. And then they replaced all the the humans with robots because that's just what you did at the time. They had very strict rules against killing the UK as well. Yeah, the strict rules against humans killing humans, especially in Germany, for all the obvious reasons. Um, but I think that might have only been for the NES version. But I I could be wrong. I think it was all home versions because, if I remember correctly, no, I'm sure of it. That the yeah, uh, I mean all home the, versions at least. I don't know if it applied the, to the arcade the, game at all. The Genesis uh, slash Mega Drive version of Contra Hardcore featured all robots instead right. of uh, a dude, a dog, a robot, and a woman. Are you sure? I could have sworn that there was only one robot character, and he was quite blatantly a robot. Yeah, but in the in the PAL version, it's all robots. At ah. least in certain versions of it, I it, it it gets a little messy when you start you know breaking it down to the arcade and the home versions. But it, at at the very least, there are some versions of Contra that that are your it's only robots. You, your character is a robot, uh, and you're killing right. other robots. Contra Hardcore. The characters are Ray Powered. He's a standard male soldier. Sheena or Etranzi was a female soldier. I was hoping it would say Sheena Easton, but oh well. <laughs> and then there's Brad Fang, a wolf-like humanoid with two cybernetic arms, each equipped with a Gatling gun. I'm, that's going to be my porn name, Brad Fang. And then Brownie, a small robot. Yeah, in the the North American and Japanese release, that were the characters, but in the PAL regions, it was just four robots. Huh. Yeah. They, they I have to totally like ignore that. I think by that time, the restrictions were lifted, maybe, but at that time, it was already, like, brand recognition that it was robots fighting, mm. so it's like, why not just keep it consistent at this point? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think so. Yes. Well, the plot in Contra is that it is the year 2633 in an alien terrorist organization, quote-unquote, known as a Red Falcon, has set up camp on the fictional... Galuga Archipelago near New Zealand. It is not an actual uh, chain of islands, but Red Falcon. Baby Galuga. Hold on, let me check my trivia pursuit <laughs> cards. I might prove yeah. you wrong. Yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. Double check on that for it's me. It's not the Galuga Islands. It's uh, Alexander Graham Bell. That's right. It's but Dayton, Red... Ohio. Wait a minute. <laughs> 
But Red Falcon is an organization of extraterrestrial origin, and they are evil. Why? Because. And I don't know if the story is covered much. I, there, there's no like attract mode screen kind of laying out the the story. That's mostly explained in the uh, in the home versions. But uh, taking a little bit from the home versions, um, you play as first uh, private first class Bill Riser. Talk about Bill Riley. Names. What? Oh. No, Bill Riser. Oh, and oh, pr- oh, okay. Private first Although class. Although that would be kind of funny seeing Bill O'Reilly run and gun in this game. <laughs> Somebody needs to make a what do you graphic do it hack. <laughs> and uh, private first class class Lance Bean. And I believe Mr. in the Bean? home. Oh, yes. Bill O'Reilly and Mr. Bean in the game. Oh, gosh, man. That would be awesome. Yes, uh, Rowan Atkinson and Bill O'Reilly fighting off the evil aliens. Okay, I don't care what the plot is. I want to see those two as a char- as character in some game sometime at some point. Body cop Doesn't movie. matter the plot or what kind of game. Didn't uh, Bean feature in Contra Force for the NES? I'm not entirely familiar with that game. Because there's a character so I don't named know. Bean. Probably. Mm, I don't know. I, I, but he's got a bandana on, and he's very different. Looking. I think there are some changing of names in home versions too. But I mean, let's be honest that the plot isn't isn't crucial to this no. game. <laughs> Although the the I, I did read up on some of the overarching story across the the series to, uh, to date, and it actually is pretty cool. It, it is pretty interesting if you want to dig deep into that. But I mean, honestly, run and gun um, game. I have like to this, say, Tim is right. There is a character named Beans in Contra Force. Wait, beans? Beans. Plural. Beans and yeah. pe- beans and burns. <laughs> oh yeah, burns and beans. <laughs> beans and right. burns. If you beans beans but will burn. I don't think that game was originally supposed to be a contra game. I think they slapped that name on it to try to sell it later on. Would be. Anyway, I'm sorry for Very interrupting you there, Andy. Yeah, so yeah, no. Not really. <laughs> I mean, the plot's not super important, but yeah, like I said, if if you if you want to dig into it, there are, there's some cool stuff there. And, and spoiler alert, you kind of turn out to be the bad guys in this game. It's revealed <gasps> in later games, so I, I I guess I won't go into that too much. But uh, oh, yeah, we talked a little bit about the influences of Contra. Of course, the big '80s films at the time: Rambo, Predator, Terminator, Alien, all the obvious ones. Um, Commando, right? Yeah, com- games like Commando and, and potentially uh, Ikari Warriors. No, I meant the movie. Oh, sure, Commando. yeah. No, it, we actually did an episode where we talked about Commando and uh, Terminator Two: Judgment Day. And the theme was games that are tangentially related to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, but, I mean, there's also influences in there from uh, like H.R. Geiger, which, again, that's kind of another oh, tons. similar similarity to, to Metroid and, yeah, Alien, that, that sort of thing. Because Geiger did the original design of the Alien. Geiger. Geiger Geiger. Is that, yes, yeah, I believe that Giger, is Geiger, let's call the whole thing off. That's right. <laughs> Well, I guess I guess where do you what, where do you guys kind of want to start the conversation? I've I've got notes about. So you, you well, just want to start. Well, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the control panel and the gameplay. Yes, the actual. What do very, you do in the very game? Good. So the control panel features two eight-way joysticks with two buttons each. Um, the the side art and the marquee both feature real-life models of Bill and Lance. Just two generic buff guys but hey it works the side of the cabinet was white with a by simple the way that's the name of me and sean's uh, next podcast two generic buff guys <laughs> <laughs> buff white guys the podcast 
<laughs> Sexy. But the, uh, the the marquee and control panel are jungle themed, and it actually the front of the cabinet I think actually looks pretty cool. The side is kind of lame, but uh, um, at least at least from the eh. front, it's it's a cool looking cabinet. If it's in a good location, that'll be covered up by another game anyway. That, that's true. That it, or obscured by another game anyway. Exactly. So, of course, the gameplay takes place on side-scrolling stages. There is one vertical scrolling stage and base stages that are a sort of behind-the-back third-person shooter style as you fight your way through guarded corridors. There also are boss stages as well. They're not terribly difficult for the most part. They're not really, like, moving bosses. You're fighting, like, stationary, like, turrets and machines and things like that. But and quite I, frankly, the bosses are actually maybe a little bit easier than the rest of the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I would say so. I was going to ask you, and I'm not, because I'm not sure on this, but I, I had, I feel like I had heard somewhere that this was the first third-person shooter ever made. Mm-hmm. The, the the third-person stages? I'm sure you could Is find cr- an earlier example, but this might be the this most... Subtron, no. maybe? Actually, I just watched a... Uh, if you're talking arcade... Uh, yeah, arcade. Discs of Tron, I think, would be uh, before that. Oh, uh, if you're talking okay, home, yeah. there's a, home versions, there's a lot more games. In fact, I just watched a, a video from Phil, the Noseware Gamer, who's going to absolutely hate this episode. He uh, did Sewer Sam for the Intellivision, and that was a, a third person. Uh, and then, right. of course, you got you know your pole positions and stuff like that, too. Well, I said shooter, though. Well, yeah, true, shooter. But okay, Sewer Road Sam Blasters. is a shooter. Uh, yeah, it is. What year did Road Blasters come out? Oh, I don't know. It's, I think it's actually pretty late in the year. Actually, it might have been around the same time, now that I think about it. I I had just heard it somewhere. I You know I what? Let me sure. check. Hold on. It was 1987. Oh, so wow. But thinking about it, there is a kind of a third-person shoot. I don't know. There's a game that I played called Space Encounters. It's late 70s, early 80s. Actually, Atari had one called Tunnel Hunt, but that wasn't a shooter, though. I don't think. Though you know, those are games I'm going to have to play again. Hmm. But Tunnel third, Hunt. But third tunnel. There was Tunnel Hunt, and then there was one called Space Encounters. Space Encounters, maybe not so much, but. If Tunnel Hunt was a shooter, which I think it was, that would have been, or that would have probably been one of the earliest third-person uh, shooters. Huh. So those have been around for some time, actually. Yeah. Okay. Well, th- this, I think this they game may have gained popularity is... with tr- with uh, with Contra, though. Right. Yeah. This See, is I'm one throwing of, you a bone. One of the first prominent examples of the uh, of the genre, and I think probably one of the first to do it really well. I guess we can kind of open up the discussion then to just some general thoughts about the game. I mean, I've got some other uh, the notes here about the uh, the power ups and stuff. If you'd rather me go through that first, or yeah, let's talk about the power ups. The because sure. this game has some uh, especially interesting... because your most recent episode of Super Podcast Brothers dealt with power ups. Yes, it did. <gasps> That's true. Bad ass, uh, bad. Arse power-ups and weapons. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And we've, we've got a lot of badass power-ups and weapons in this game. Um, there There's six different types of uh, upgrades that you can get, those being a machine gun, a laser, a fireball, the, the spread gun, the barrier, and rapid bullets are the, the different types of power-ups you can get. And uh, I guess I'll ask you guys, what, what were your uh, kind of favorite uh, weapons, your, your preferred method of destruction in oh, uh, the spread weapon 
spread, spread or uh, or spread rapid for fire. Sure. You could do more damage with the the with the spread. You could kill more stuff. Made the game a little bit easier, but you had to boom, boom, boom keep tapping the button. But the uh, the rapid fire one worked pretty well. And um, one thing I loved about Contra is uh, when you're running and shooting, you can actually uh, aim your gun down and shoot uh, things at the on the platforms below you. Yes, so you have and, to really. Or yeah, you'll, you'll get yeah. blown and that away. Was, I yeah, think you really the do. first game I think I've ever played in the arcade that actually had that as a gameplay mechanic. I can't think of another game where you could do that. Turrican? Not, not well, even. I'm arcade, talking about arcade. Yeah. Turrican yeah. came later, though I believe. I can't think of another arcade where you could do that. No, not not off the top of my head. There might have been some random Japanese game. I was thinking Oops. of the game. <laughs> so feedback bait. Oh yeah, like we ever get feedback. Pie Factory Podcast at Fab4IT.com or Pie Factory at Fab4IT.com or something. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah, yeah. The, uh, the 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 spread gun in a way to me, it, it sort of breaks the game open a little bit. Um, it's so iconic of this game. Yeah. It, could you it, imagine if you could combine the spread gun and the rapid fire power up? This right. game would just be easy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine combining all the power ups, laser, the fireball, <laughs> the... Or the flamethrower, the flame, sharks the with freaking laser beams attached to their head. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a that's a cool thing about some of the later games, including they could have it could have been a Gradius situation. Yeah. It would have been amazing. Oh, yeah, that would be that would have been an interesting thing to to work the Gradius power up uh, system into Contra. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that that would have been Note pretty cool. Self. Imagine the options. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. See, I, get I was that. wondering if somebody would get that. See, because oh, you could catch all four of them, yeah, all four options. That's yep. that's right. Um, <laughs> but uh, Gosh, yeah, in a, in later Contra games, I don't I don't know how many of them, but it's certainly in the one I mentioned before, Contra Three, you can kind of sort of do that. It, you you can carry more than one power up, and there's like a special like spinning cartwheel move you can do that Ooh. the guy will jump all over the screen and launch. Oh yes, both. I do remember that. Yes, yeah, it's so satisfying and awesome. It's like half the series you can do that. Yeah. And the earlier half. You Have you yeah. guys done the Contra series on your uh, your podcast? Mm-mm. Not I yet. I don't even think we've touched it at all. It's because the games are so brutally difficult. They're this easier is the easiest than I of th- the games. Yeah, I, they're easier than I remember going back and playing some of them for for this. Not not to say they're easy relatively, but you say that now, but we haven't talked about Super C. True. I, I, although I did play Super a little bit of Super Contra, which Super C was based on. Okay, I have to yeah. say, I used, uh, back when I was <clears throat> religious, I used to listen to a Christian rap group called SFC, and their, the lead rapper was named Super C. MC Super <laughs> oh. C. What, what was the name of the group? SFC. I don't remember them. I, Isn't that the, the file extension for Super Famicom music? <laughs> I don't be. know. Aren't that, that's, um, that's my initials, isn't it? Sean frickin' Courtney? Yeah. <laughs> Your middle name is frickin'. <laughs> frickin'. Oh, oh yeah. that's two Austin Powers references in one uh, episode. <laughs> it's uh, it's a Norwegian uh, thing. Do you know what the, it's, the, it's, the initials SFC stand C-H-T. for? Soldiers for Christ. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Is it really? I've seen them in concert twice. <laughs> wow. But yeah. They're good, uh, actually. Some of the games are harder than others. You had mentioned... Hardcore um, is... Uh, hardcore is hardcore. Uh, actually, Aptly that's named. understatement. Yeah, it's very difficult. You know, the first level is almost unbeatable. And this is coming from someone who just finished 
a zero deaths run of the first Contra on the Famicom. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I I played the I I wanted to play the Japanese version and I wanted to do something special. So I was like, well, I'm going to do a zero deaths run on the Japanese version cuz the Japanese uh Famicom version of Contra has cutscenes that were not included cutscenes and animations that were not included in the American release. Oh, nice. Uh some of the backgrounds uh move as if blown by wind and in between each level your character speaks via radio but yeah so i i did that and that was very difficult and that being said and that was no konami code not that it would matter because it was zero deaths but hardcore is hardcore it's rough very very rough i would say that it toss up between that and contra 4 on the ds as the hardest games in the series i think my favorite is probably contra 3 like you had mentioned, or the the original game in the arcade because the arcade experience for Contra is glorious. It's such a unique run-and-gun experience, especially for the time, I think. I don't know. You guys are the experts. <laughs> yeah, have, have either of you ever played the, uh, the actual arcade cabinet of Contra? I have not. Yes, I have, actually. <clears throat> the first place I played it was at the AC at the LGM. Or L- LJM, ah, yes. Was that's not BAC though? It's just AC. AC, the Aladdin's Castle at the Louis Joliet Mall. Ah, yes. see, we had it. We had Contra here at the uh, a grocery store in I think it was St. Paul, in the like the entryway. You know mm-hmm. how grocery stores have like a couple of arcade machines. So that was the first place machine. I ever played Popeye. Yeah. And we had Contra there, and that's the only time I've ever seen it. I have anywhere. never seen Contra outside of an arcade environment, actually. Yeah, this was a uh, country club grocery store in... Actually, it might have been Roseville. Hmm. Uh, is, country club is the name of the grocery store? <laughs> yeah, it's a grocery name of the store at a country club. <laughs> and they really <laughs> like Contra. We need to go pick up some eggs and some Aunt Jemima. It, it, you know, you know Roseville, help I wouldn't all. be surprised. <laughs> Roseville is very nose-in-the-air kind of a place. Ooh, I see your brain. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So Do they I, have this the one at either I... Underground Retrocade or uh, uh, Galloping they, Ghost? I'm pretty sure they have it at the Goat. You know what? Let me... Uh, Too bad there's uh, no way we can figure this out. No way of yeah, knowing. It's not, it's like not there's an no Underground like Retrocade website that will we tell you where it is time. or anything. Because I'll tell you for sure, if I would have seen that at Underground Retrocade, I would have played yeah, it Yeah, true. I, I don't think they have it there. Because yeah, I, I, I'd yeah, like they, to think I would have played it as well. And we were there for long enough last time that I went through every mm-hmm. game. But yeah, they ha- oh they have it uh, they have it at Galloping Ghost for sure. Uh, <gasps> let's damn, see. we gotta go sometime. We gotta go. Oh, and they have it at the Up Down in. Uh- oh wait a minute, no. Well, this is interesting. Well, I'm kind of jumping ahead. Wait, of Up Down in yeah, Minneapolis? Right. Is that what you were gonna say? Oh, they have well, it. At- they have it at Onet Gaming in Ottawa. I have yes, not been to do. their arcade in a while. I'll have to check that out. I have not been to Ottawa, Ottawa in Illinois, ever. 25 miles west of me. Oh, okay. Illinois, it was that far away from you. I was, I was thinking like next Canada. door. No, it's it's like you got to go through Seneca and Marseilles first, you know. Oh, cripes. So you got to go through, uh, you know, like <gasps> Greece, and then you got to go through France Hold on. to get to Canada. Hold on. Tim, they got a Crystal what? Castles at Updown in Minneapolis. Holy sh. All right. Nikes? It's been nice. Schnikes. It's Schnikes. been fun joining you guys. I got to go. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll, all right. All I'll right, meet so, you outside. Uh, 
So a special thanks to our um, Patreon sponsors <laughs> then over at, uh, you know, thanks to... Our- Record scratch sound effect. <laughs> so that's not the soundboard. <gasps> so they, they have, have Tapper eight- 2 now. Oh my god. Tapper Wait, 2. Tapper one? 2, it's a new which game. One? Tapper 2, <laughs> a taste of blood. Is it is it Budweiser Tapper? <laughs> I don't know. Or I don't care. root beer Tapper? I, all I know is, I do. Tim... We're going to Uptown this weekend. Oh, yeah, we have think to of which. Well, no, we're not this weekend. You know why? Because we're going to the Dark Clouds watching party on Saturday. We're not going there the whole day. Oh, that's true. Oh, <laughs> shoot. Hey, Sean, I just remembered uh, after uh, playing games on my um, Uno card on my 8-bit, uh, I just re- realized I got an addenda for uh, our Frogger episode. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, yeah, you remember how we were talking about how there were two versions of Frogger for the 2600? The uh, Yes, oh Because yeah. there was a separate license for magnetic media and a separate license for cartridge media. Yes. There were two different versions of Frogger for the Atari 8-bit computers. Oh, really? One by Parker Brothers, of course, on cartridge, and one by Sierra Online on the disc or uh, ah. cassette format. Ah, which one was the better? Bloody Parker they were Brothers. actually both about the same. I think I did like the Sierra one a little bit better, though. So, anyway. are they back from the arcade yet? All right, everybody. Uh, Andy, yes. Tim, oh, it was a no, quick. Right. It was just. A, a, that's about how long my games last in Crystal Castles. Yeah, I Crystal I Castles. Say, we both lost. Uh, so anyway, oh, uh, Contra is actually. I love Crystal like I said, Castles. Onet so Gaming. Much. It's also at the headquarters Beercade, according to this. The Ghost, and it's at the Eight Bit Beercade in Peoria. Ooh. We should make a trip I've to Peoria mean, for no reason. I've been meaning to go to Peoria. All right. Well, so why have you been Peoria. meaning to go to Peoria? Why does anybody <laughs> yeah, but... go to Peoria? It's like 75 miles from me. Why? why? And about 20 years ago, somebody told me there's a really good record store there. Oh, well, there you go. And then there's Grandview Drive, which uh, President Ulysses S. Grant said was the most beautiful drive in the country. I don't know. Were there any significant differences between the arcade version of Contra and the home ports? Well, it depends on the depends on the home port, really. Obviously, the uh, the NES version, which is, of course, I think what what most people associate the uh, the Contra name to, um, is is expanded a little bit. It's got a similar layout. I think the MSX two version that's out there as well. I think that was significantly expanded beyond even even the nes games so i mean really yeah so i mean it's kind of cool because there's all these different versions you can play of contra if you're really into contra which i i am becoming more and more as as time goes on i have a full working rom set for uh the msx and msx2 and then an emulator that works on my psp so that i can play it whilst pooping there you go um Visiting Uncle Pooh in the Tinkle Pit. <clears throat> yeah. Well, visiting Uncle Pooh in the Tinkle Pit. Yes. Uh, and I haven't ran across that yet. Yeah, I, I I, maybe could be getting it mixed up with something else, but I believe it's the MSX2 well, version. The, Konami did a lot, a lot of stuff for the MSX uh, computer systems. Uh, so I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. at all. Yeah, I think it was, was something kinda, interesting. That NES was like their bread and butter. Uh, something interesting about Contra. I mean, you were talking about the differences between the arcade and the and the home ports, but I think there's a lot of just in- neat stuff in the arcade game itself. Like this hasn't even been mentioned, but the game is like first of all, it's like horizontal scrolling. Then it's your third person perspective, and then it goes to a vertical scrolling. 
and then third person and horizontal again. And it, it there's a lot of variety. There's a lot of variety oh, in yeah. the stages, even though the gameplay is basically the same uh, through each stage, just in different perspectives. And I think that's one thing this game really has going in favor of it. Unlike some games that we've talked about, this is one that is for better or for worse. This is this game is not repetitive, despite the fact that you're basically doing the same thing throughout the whole game. And I think that's that's one of the hallmarks of a really good game is to be able to pull off it's, something it's like that. Not repetitive, based purely on perspective changes. Well, that and then the power ups almost and the power purely. ups keep things uh, fresh and interesting, and it has a wide variety of uh, of enemies. Uh, in the game, and you especially later on, you don't get bored with the game. No, no, definitely not. It's mm. it, it's 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 definitely definitely not boring. And there's no wasted screen space either. That's that's one thing I really liked about it. There was all every, every that is true. part of the screen had something interesting going on. Um, whether it's an enemy or just scenery. I mean, I was looking at some older Konami games, and you look at a game, a lesser known one from them, uh, but kind of a, a proto contra in a way. Uh, Green Beret. You look at a game like that, oh, and there's yeah. just so much empty space. But I mean, oh, Russian attack. Yeah, that too. Um, yeah, an earlier Same game. Yeah. Oh, is oh, no, it? No, wait. No, no. Wait, wait, no, wait. No, it isn't. I was going to say, I, I, I haven't played Russian Attack much, but... Uh... No, R- Russian, Russian Attack, Attack was POW, is... I think. Okay. No, Russian Attack was was left to right, run and gun. Now I'm trying to remember what the actual name of the game was before it was Russian Attack. Not Russian, but Rush and... Rush, Rush and Attack. Attack. Yes. Yeah. POW was SNK. Maybe it was Green Beret. Maybe. I don't know. Regardless, that's kind of yeah. unnecessary to the... That's neither hither nor thither. Aren't there any scores for this game? Yes. Oh, there are certainly scores. They exist. Yeah. That's there are for scores sure. of scores. Yes, I do have uh, high scores here. The, uh, the two, oh, do tell. The two records I have, uh, one from Twin Galaxies, um, the single-player only track, cue up the, the Beavis and Butthead sounder. This score was uh, was performed by Charlie D. Wenner. <laughs> Charlie D. Wenner, <laughs> who scored two thousand or two million one hundred fifteen thousand six hundred points on February sixteenth, two thousand eighteen. That can't be right. But what did he score the next day? Wait, wait, where where did you get what what track is that? That's the the single player only. There there there's two listed um on on some there's there's one that's that's points and one that's points single player huh. only. I don't Time I I'm trying to open up a browser tab again. <laughs> Is that sound effect tied to that? Time, it's time ti- to it's go tied, to bed, bed. It's tied to the to the T on the keyboard. So when I try to hit Command T to open up a new browser tab, and I forget to switch over to Firefox, most of us just click the click the open new tab button. That way, we don't have annoying sound effects. You just hear the annoying Command? sound of the mouse clicking. Command T, and I hate what that. Is- yeah. So on Twin Galaxies, there's two tracks. One's points, and one's points single player only. And the the points single player only has the higher score. So I I I okay. Yeah, that's that's weird. I'm showing something completely different. Are you maybe looking at the NES game? No, I actually checked arcade. Hmm. Maybe I have this the wrong one then. Maybe you're oh, looking you know at the what? NES game. Oh, okay. You know what? I didn't. S- 
They have two different single player traps. That's what it yeah. tracks, tracks, tracks. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. And it's weird. And what's the difference between the two? That that's what I couldn't figure out. So I just went with the one that was higher. Oh. Oh, okay. The all right, the one you're going for. Okay, that's the uh Twin Galaxies tournament settings. Okay. Three lives, bonus life, fifty thousand. Okay. I was going by default settings. Okay. So yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's the one for the the tournament settings, I guess, and then for the default settings, it would be Pete Hahn with one million seven hundred thirty seven thousand points on May twenty third, twenty sixteen. Former gamer of the year, Pete Hahn. Oh, we have to be all doc like about it, Pete Hahn. Right. Was he gamer of the year? I have to work. Former gamer of the year. Former gamer of the year. Who's gamer? Who's current been, gamer of the year? Is it? No, uh, I am. Is that James Oh, geez, it's, it's Andy. It? It, yep, Andy said it, so oh, it must right. be yeah. fact. Yeah, that's that's absolutely. True. How do you how do you become gamer of the year? Ka-ching! No, I have no clue because I don't score high enough on. I those think games. it's basically whoever play whoever hangs out at the ghost the most. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I'm okay. convinced that James White has. I'm convinced that James White has an apartment over there. <laughs> yeah, I was really going to say whoever has the apartment above the place. That would be Gamer yeah. of the Year. Hmm. Whoever has the lease. Yeah. Oh, I did watch a little bit of Pete Hun's video that he submitted to Twin Galaxies. And the way he's appro- he approaches it, it's just like, eh, I'm just going to play a game here. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah, there's a game. It's done. <laughs> Imagine what it would be like <laughs> so to be good cool. at video games. I I can't honestly <laughs> yeah, imagine. I can't fathom it. Holy uh, crap, I just realized my daughter's got, a, got an account at Orcade. How oh, proud she- of a father are you? She has one score on here. Oh, it's for Trog. Uh, one player, 1,127,145 points. Wow. How old is your daughter? Is she She's old 16. To go to the arcade by herself, I mean? Yeah, she was obviously there, obviously there with me, but is that a possible score for Trog? Holy on a cow. single credit? It says tokens four on Orcade, but... That's just a ra- like a ranking system. It's yeah. not... Uh, oh, really? It Yeah, it has nothing to do with credits or anything. It's more like, oh, here's how much weight this Han. score has. She says she's... Oh, that makes sense. I mean, kind of. She's... I gotta see what the... The higher your score, the more the more tokens you're awarded, I guess. She's only what one of those tokens the- get you? Nothing. She's uh, one-tenth of the way Jack from the uh, all-time high score on that game, by the way. Wow. Oh, I did not realize my daughter had a set, had an account at Arcade. Well, speaking of Arcade, Arcade, Arcade. Uh, yeah, that. The, and uh, Arcade. Pete Hahn also has the high score there with 1,730,200 points scored at... Galloping Ghost Arcade on January 18th, 2016. And on Arcade, they also do have a track for two-player points, which Mark Cooper and Graham Ogilvie hold the record at 375,000 points at Oryx Arcade on July 16th, 2011. And it's the only entry, so it could probably be easily beaten. I think Oryx is the founder of Arcade.com, by the way. That That would make sense. sense. Oh, in stereo. And I wonder if one of those scores is wrong, there would be the arcade.com score or else Twin Galaxies would have called it out because it wouldn't have matched his video. But that's, they're, only two, they're only 200 points apart. It is possible that he did perform that score at Galloping Ghost on January 18th, but it didn't get verified on Twin Galaxies uh. until May 23rd. So I wonder, unless maybe by coincidence he really did score higher at another time. 
possible. That could happen. Could happen. And there was one other record at speedrun.net. The the time oh. speed or the, the yeah, the time record is four minutes and eight seconds set by Onyx twenty eight hundred on a January sixteenth, twenty eighteen in MAME. So kind of an asterisk there. I couldn't find a a, a yeah. record for actual hardware, but uh yeah, still four minutes and eight seconds is pretty damn impressive either way. Yeah, it is. Excellent. Let's read the game, shall we? Yeah. Oh, let's. Okay, first of all, let us ask our esteemed guests. And or Tim and Andy. <laughs> oh, oh okay. let's ask them first. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and rate it. It's an easy five for me. No question about it. Yeah. I, I love this game. I have tons of fun playing it. I actually, I should mention too, there is a, uh, a version available for $5 on the Xbox Live Arcade. It's It was originally for the 360, but it is backwards compatible with the... Uh, with the Xbox One, and I went to buy it, and it turns out I already bought it like years ago, so I already had it, which was cool. <laughs> but hey, there you go. if you want an easy way to play it um, legally, I guess then that's that's a good way to do it. So that's where I played it, and I yeah, I still still have a whole hell of a lot of fun playing the arcade version of Contra. Five stars, no doubt. Yep, same here. Five. I, How many continues I, do you rate? Or five though? continues. Oh, yeah, pardon me. That's I, right. We're doing continues. Yes. I, I've only been yeah, doing this podcast co- for three years, and I just remembered we're doing continues. Five continues, I would give it as well because I just I love Contra. It's unless you do the Konami one- code, then you really don't have to do continues. <laughs> true, that's uh, true. Does the Konami but code actually but, work on it on not Contra? Not arcade. Oh, there I don't you think go. So. But this is one of the few run and gun games that I think got everything perfect. I th- there's a lot of run and gun games that get most things right. There's a lot that get everything wrong. And then there's games like Contra, which is like the benchmark for run-and-gun games. Yeah, I can see that. So I, I have to give it a five. Sean. I always I always enjoy yes. it. So, Sean, how doest yes. thou rateth Contra? Very carefully, that's how doest no. I rateth Contra. And I just want to preface it by saying that Contra, well, I had never played it until we talked about it in this podcast. And the name Contra itself always turned me off because it's like, ah, it's another one of these run and gun games. Not a fan. So I, I came to it with a prejudicial attitude. I never played it, never saw it, loaded it up in MAME, and I was like, oh, jeez, my thoughts were exactly right. Oh, and I'm dead already. And man, I was so glad that we had to delay our recording because it just procrastinated for it. Because it's like, man, I don't want to play this game. But I bit the bullet and I sat down with it and used up about 8,000 continues in the first two minutes. And then when I got to the screen in which you're actually like going forwards and backwards, I was like, oh, this is different. And so it actually bumped up my original rating. I was originally waiting to give it two continues because it was just like, oh, come on, not another one of these. But for me, it's a three continues because it just, I don't know. I just can't get into these. I can't. I just can't. It's very, these kind of games are very been there, done that for me. One thing I forgot to mention about this game, uh, there was a bit of trivia. I recall way back when, when this game first came out into the arcade, again, the Iran-Contra scandal was going on, and uh, one of the local Chicago TV stations, and I think it was ABC 7 News, Eyewitness News, did an article, Central American politics comes to the arcade, or some stuff like that. Oh, and then God. There was a whole piece about the, the game Contra. That, I mean, it just but it was the, it was just the name made the made the news story. I wish I could find that that clip online somewhere. Uh, because that, fuzzy memories the guy doesn't who wrote have that it, story. But. 
Yes. The guy who wrote that story had nothing else for that day. I do have to say, as far as this game, uh, I've always kind of liked it. Until playing it recently, I never really realized how short this game is. It, this is not a long game. Very short. Yeah, and I thought it was just me, but then I was like, wait a minute, I, there wasn't a game over. It just kind of ended. You can beat this game in 20 minutes, uh, which is yeah, a I lot. Yeah, I mean, P. video is very short. Yeah, which... Which but compared to a few lot of games, just him explaining his setup, really. Well, but compared to a lot of games we've done on this show, I mean, that's this is this is really a short game, and if there's anything about this game, that is the, the biggest drawback to this thing, and because of that, they I, make up for the length with difficulty. Well, yeah. true, but it's still kind of a short game, even with the difficulty. But so, I'm going to give this game a four. You know, I like the game. I play it. Uh, I've played it at home. I don't remember. Did I own this on the NES? I think I did. And uh, everyone did. Well, most everyone did. It's, but yeah, it's it's far. I like the game. It's a it's it's a really good game. It's just again just way too short. Uh, I think they could have gone with two or three more stages, three more stages maybe, and uh, it would have bumped it up for me. Add like ten more minutes to the gameplay or something. I don't. All right. That is it for Contra. So. All right. Let's talk about another game here. All right. Let's do this. Let's talk about oh, which one. Akari Warriors. Huzzah! Akari Warriors. From SNK 1986. It's a upright raster graphics game, and it's two players simultaneous. And uh, did not know this. This game also actually had a cocktail table edition, which I did not know. But uh, Really? Yeah, apparently so. I saw I saw a picture of it on, uh, on the internets, and we know the internets that, can that be trusted. That actually makes a lot of sense for the style of gameplay. But with two players next to each other, it's kind of a weird thing. Kind of like how Joust uh, cocktail was kind of weird the way that well, was. Well, yeah, set but up. I just mean from a stylistic point of view. Like it kind of seems like the sort of game that would get a cocktail cab. Honestly, I don't see that. In practice, it wouldn't work very well. But but, just but, from, like, but it's there. It is definitely looks there. alone. Just uh, it would look it would look cool to see two people playing this at a cocktail. But it, but those people would not be having fun. I wonder how many people actually drank cocktails at the cocktail table while playing a game. Ooh. Not just beers, but an question. actual cocktail, like a Manhattan yeah. or an old-fashioned. Have you, have you ever drank a cocktail at a cocktail table? A Jack and Arcade Coke. video, yeah. Yeah, ooh. Pie yeah. Factory Podcast at fab4it.com. I may have had a kitty cocktail, but that would be about it. But anyway, yeah, this uh, the style of gameplay is uh, overhead run and gun, uh, kind of like uh, like Commando, like we did in an early episode, which I mentioned actually earlier in this podcast. It's interesting because it's only one long stage, and uh, might I say right here, right now, that uh, if you have never seen it, watch the Akari Warriors episode of the Angry Video Game Nerd. Where did their hair go? Uh, Link in the show notes? Yes, link in the show notes. So, at any rate, according to the the user user, manual, the user manual, the manual for the game, the object is to get to the village of Akari, but in in actual gameplay, you play as Paul and Vince... And uh, the game, like I said, spread over one long stage. It's divided up into five sections, though, each separated by a gate. The object is to save Colonel Cook, who is like about ten times the size <laughs> of your players and everyone else in this game. Yeah, that, it's uh, any. It's a wonder why he couldn't have just escaped himself 
Yeah, he's, no kidding. He's like the because he's a mountain of a man. He's like right. kind of like the rampage monster of this game. You know, <laughs> right. he's Sean. He's just tall and sturdy, sturdy. But sturdy. Uh, huh. the, sure. I thought one of the in- interesting things about this game is that you have a limited number of grenades, of course, but also of bullets, and you have to keep picking up power ups to replenish your bullets and grenade. And of course, along the way, you can get into a tank, but you know it too can roll out of bullets. And it will explode. <laughs> the tank explodes if you run out of fuel. Oh, wait. Video game can physics. The, video game physics. Can the tank run out of bullets? Apparently so. Although, it I never good. have. I've always just run out of fuel and died. It might not. Well, you but... know what? Uh, video game it's physics. It's time scenario. for another edition of Video Game Physics. Uh, your tank explodes if it runs out of fuel. Okay, I think that's what I want to do. Yeah, I, I guess that's kind of like the uh, what happens after you know blowing up fuel tanks just to get the fuel. The controls are interesting on this one. You have a standard you know gun button and a standard grenade button. You also got a joystick, but the joystick isn't standard because it actually rotates and it like clicks into position. So you can actually super cool. You can actually uh, run and shoot in the uh, the direction opposite of the way you were running. It's uh, and now we know why I sucked at this game in Mame. Yes. Yeah, because you didn't know that. <laughs> Can you yeah, spot? you can't you know, really I've actually played this, this in the arcade, well. and I don't remember that. Really? Really? Yeah, it had a rotating joystick. That just had, didn't some versions not have the rotating joystick, though? I feel like I heard that. That's entirely possible, oh, but I didn't see possible. that in any of my research. Like late, like, I feel like later versions didn't have it. Unless it maybe it was Akari Warriors 2 or 2 or 3. Or 3. No, three didn't have an uh, arcade version, did it? I think it I did. thought three was home port only. I thought it was an arcade. Well, we can get to that in a in a moment here, but uh, so yeah, so uh, you got the rotating joysticks, fire button, grenade, and all date. But uh, your screen, you know, it's vertically scroll scrolling play field. Player one score number of bullets, number of grenades on the left, and player two's stuff is on the top right. And uh, here's where the game gets interesting. It's uh, Got some power-ups. First of all, you get a if you get the gun icon, it'll replenish some of your bullets. If you get the grenade icon, it will replenish some of your grenades. If you're riding in a tank, if you pick up a fuel can, guess what it does? It makes your tank blow up. No, it gives you more fuel. Uh, if you pick up the letter K, it kills all the soldiers on screen. You see K, it kills all the soldiers. Usually you get fuel by destroying a fuel tank. Yeah, but this time when you run out of fuel, you blow up. Again, video wow. game physics. Yes. So... Uh, Pick up the S, it'll speed your speed up your rate of fire. L will give your bullets a longer range, uh, which is always a helpful thing to have because you do not have that great a range with your bullets. Uh, if you pick up the letter, letter F, it allows your shots to travel through rocks, which F, I don't know. Uh, B gives your bullets an explosion, too. Gives your grenades a larger explosion area. And be careful with, uh, with those, especially if you're in the tank, because that will... Uh, cause big explosions in there so uh you got several kinds of enemies here you just got the blue soldiers uh you got red soldiers uh and the red soldiers will drop power-ups um the red and blue soldiers can fire bullets throw grenades or shoot rockets or flame out of a flamethrower i did notice later in the game that sometimes the blue soldiers will flash red and when they do that they're uh, they kamikaze and they will explode when they touch you which they kill you if you touch you anyway, but the explosion, I I don't know, add insult to injury, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Then you're, there are landmines that explode when touched. Then there are mortars, which are, they look like little landmines, except they're like red in the middle. 
They don't explode when touched, but they will fire a rocket toward that point. So you have a little time to get away from it, but uh, make it fast. Uh, then you get helicopters, which spray bullets everywhere, and of course tanks. Oh, interesting thing about the helicopters. In the arcade game, you cannot get into the helicopters, but on the NES version, you can, which uh, I find interesting. It would be so awesome to go through a level with uh, just in the in the helicopter there, but... Uh, Bonus lives. You get a bonus life of 50,000 and every 100,000 thereafter, and that is selectable in the dip switches. And speaking of the dip switches, I did neglect to mention a couple of other things that... Um, Do tell. Yes. Well, one thing in particular, that by default, uh, your bullets will not harm the other player. Your grenades will, but your bullets won't. Uh, however, there's a dip switch setting to change that to where you can actually shoot the other player. That's just mean. <laughs> It is. That's terrible. But it's fun, but though. It is fun. Not, Not if you're paying quarters for it. it. Screw that. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I wonder <laughs> yeah, if there's just, a track just for a that on Hurricane or uh, Twin Galaxies, actually. That would be an interesting track. And there were some sequels to this. There was, of course, Akari Warriors 2 Victory Road, which took place in space. And Akari 3, which I'm pretty sure is an arcade game. Is it? I I'm not think Yes, sure. it is. It is. See? Okay. Sean found that magic website. There were a couple of ports of this game. There was, of course, the Atari 7800 and the 2600, and most famously, the NES. I know this is SNK, but was this in the arcades under Rare? Actually, in the arcade, it was, uh, the way I understand it, was distributed in the U.S. by Trade West. Trade West, okay. I confused Trade West and Rare. Which I think they also distributed Double Dragon, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that if we ever do Double Dragon, which we have to at some point. But uh, Why? Because I like it. But uh, I have to say, uh, out of the ports, the home ports of the arcade game, I, th- I think I actually like the Atari 7800 version best. Uh, I agree. And it's, of, uh, of Akari Warriors? Of Akari Warriors, yeah. The okay. NES version is really good, but it's just that... What? It's a mess. I, I, I really like the NES version, but the problem uh. is the game, as the angry video game nerd uh, pointed out, he said something along the lines of, it's not bad, but it's tedious. You have four it's horrible... super tedious. Four horrible long stages where it didn't need to... I was complaining about Contra being too short. NES version of Akari Warriors is too long. Way too it's long. It's not that it's too long. I, there was a, the I saw one walkthrough of, of the NES version online was an hour and a half. Oh, Contra gosh. was like 25 minutes. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, if, if I were to load up Contra on an actual NES right now, put in the Contra code, I could beat it in half hour. No problem. One thing I was, other thing I was going to say about the Atari... But Atari Wars, so- I couldn't beat it all because I would give up. Yeah. I will say one thing about the Atari 7800 version, even though it didn't have a pokey chip, I thought the, the sound effects and the music were good for what they were. They did need some sort of a death sound agree. for the enemies, though, because it did, like the the video game critic says, it just looks like they're dancing when you shoot them. But, yeah. You know. uh, it was also released on some computers of the day. Uh, the Commodore 16, Elite. apparently. Uh, there was uh, the version for the PC, the Sinclair ZX, ZX, whatever, Spectrum, the C64, the Amstrad CPC, the Amiga, the Atari ST, and the MSX2. I feel like the uh, the British versions were done by Elite, which did some really good games. I think I so. Think that sounds about right. At least the Amstrad version, I think, was Elite. It was Elite. Uh, not the Amstrad. I think at least the Amiga version was Amstrad. Or was uh, Elite. Gosh darn it. <laughs> Now, here's some interesting trivia 
about uh, about the game. Uh, well, of course, in this game, as I said, that uh, you play as Paul and Vince, and in the Japanese version, you play Clark and Ralph. And Ralph, yes. And you're saving are... General Kawasaki instead of Colonel Cook. Uh, interestingly, General Kawasaki was named after SNK's founder Ikichi Kawasaki. But now Ralph and Clark are also in what other SNK series? King of Fighters. Yeah. yeah. And I only know of that game because it's on every SNK Neo Geo arcade cabinet. And I've never played it because I don't like fighting games. There's another SNK series that they also appear in. Oh, that's I don't not know. I believe they appear in one of the uh, handheld ports of Metal Gear. Or uh, Metal, Metal Slug, I'm sorry. Ooh, that's entirely I think, possible. I think Clark and Ralph also are playable characters in one of the two PSP versions of... No? Okay. <laughs> oh, wait, I meant... Sorry. I can't remember which one it is, but I... But By they the way, are I'm just it. guessing that you're right. That's all. <laughs> no, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Also, that in the Japanese version, you're fighting Nazis. Uh, in the U.S. version, it's never really said who your enemies are. And... Uh, Apparently, the game is known just as Ikari in Japan. Apparently. Apparently. And uh, Colonel Cook was named after the co-founder of Trade West, Leland Cook. And uh, supposedly, the character of Colonel Cook in the game, he looks like uh, someone out of Full Metal Jacket, the uh, the, the drill instructor. Um, ah, Sergeant Hartman. Yes. Story goes that on a trip to Japan, uh, Leland Cook took his Texas A&M Corps Colonel's hat with him. And uh, the character was designed with that hat in mind. Should I should I spoil the game a little bit here? To spoil the ending? I was wrong. Uh, there is actually a second Commodore version that came out in the UK, and that is the one that was released by Elite Software. Ah, see, there's there we two go. versions for the for the uh, Commodore. I did not. There know are that. a lot of Commodore 64 games like that. And it's as I said it? earlier, uh, there's actually some Atari 8-bit games that are like that too. Yeah. Yeah, and usually in the Commodore's case, one of them's really bad and the other one is really good <laughs> and therefore really rare. Let us spoil the end of the game here. <clears throat> Be prepared for some... I, we need an English sound effect. Uh, this just came out in 1986. I don't know if people are ready for spoilers yet. Oh, yeah, that's true, but... <clears throat> the yes, end of the Ralph game here, Clark, when, you, uh, both when you rescue... Ralph and Clark both appeared in, Metal in the Metal Slug series, so more than one game. I've only appeared... I've, I've only appeared... I've only played... I've not appeared in any video game. I've only played, like, one or two of the Metal Slug games. Those are fun, but those are exceedingly difficult. I want Victor I, Marlin to stick you in a video game, Jimmy G. Yeah, I'm well. a huge SNK nerd. I've played all the King of Fighters games up until 13... Oh, I love SNK. Oh, I don't like so fighting good. games, so there you go. Except for Primal Rage. I love Primal Rage, but that's about it. <clears throat> Akari Warriors, end of game in the U.S. version. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. Classic. You have rescued Colonel Cook and received one million points. Continue to fight hard and bring freedom to the people you protect. Good luck and good hunting. Here's the Japanese end of game. <clears throat> You did it! Congratulations, General Kawasaki! Never forget your glorious survival! Now you have honorable prize! One million points! <laughs> Hope our next game! <laughs> A winner is you! <laughs> your winner! <laughs> so, there you are, but, um, here's, uh, one, uh, there's one 
bug in this game interesting. The, uh, the game can only have a certain number of the larger explosions on the screen at one time. If you have the, the blast power up that makes your, uh, your grenade explosions like be huge and you're in the tank and you run over a mortar, fire several shots with your tank because of this bug the game sometimes will not create the explosion by the mortar. Oh, neat. So if it can't do that, you can survive the attack. That's a nice hint. Yes. See, see, we actually offer information here on this show sometimes. It's rare when it happens. And sometimes it's actually right, too. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the exception and not the rule. So that's my piece on this game. What do you guys say about Ikari Warriors? Do you like to war against Ikari? Well... I'll just I'll go ahead and in the interest of time I'll I'll give out my rating and then kind of explain my thoughts on it to kind of keep it concise. Actually, I don't know if I can give it a rating because like Sean had said, I wasn't or, or like yeah like Sean had mentioned he wasn't able to play it on the uh, or with the intended joystick that you're supposed to play the game on the the joystick that it was designed to be played on and. For that reason, it's really hard to rate because I got my ass kicked at this game. And I, I even played it on the uh, PS3. There's a version you can buy on there. And it, it maps the rotation of the character to the, the shoulder buttons, which which is how I have my best. Which is how I have my... Um my controller on my PC map. Yeah, and it tries its very it best. It does, but it 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 doesn't do it justice and it's it gives no, the game because you have to be able to swivel. Yeah, you have to be able to twist to twist the nipples. To, <laughs> That's right. You have you to know? twist again like we did last Twisting summer. Twisting the yeah. nipples. <laughs> Twisting the nipples. Okay, who's cutting that there one we go. putting it on the soundboard? <laughs> exactly. So I, I did like the game, though. I, I didn't get very far because of that. It, it's very, very hard to play without that specific joystick. Um, but I did really like the music in the game. It just, I don't know, I thought it it fit really well and it got stuck in my head. And I, I think I thought mm-hmm. that was a, a really cool way to kind of set the tone for the game. I, it's very difficult and very frantic. And I think had I played it, on the original hardware with the with the correct joystick, it would at l- the very least be a three continues for me, probably a four and maybe even a five. So Ooh. I guess I'm not going to officially give it a rating, but best I can guess, I'm going to go with a four continues had I actually played it on arcade hardware. And I think I have. It's just been a long time and never really played it for a meaningful amount of time. So... I'll hesitantly give it a four. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. I liked it. It's just, it's just a shame I couldn't experience it in the way that the 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 people that developed it had intended it. Oh, by the way, I first played this at the Aladdin's Castle at the at the Louis Joliet Mall. No, so, I'm going to give this game a three just because it's very repetitive. I have played it in the original hardware. It's very what? And repetitive. It's very what? Not oh, Jesus. What? <laughs> Yes, my son. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I like the atmosphere. I love the music and I like the look of it. Um, but yeah, it just it's, it's just repetitive. I, I will repetitive. say, too, I did completely forget repetitive. that your ammunition was limited. So after just unloading like a crazy person for the you know first couple minutes of the game and then not being able to shoot anymore was, was kind of a surprise until I realized what was that going stinks. on. But they do give you I, I feel like the, the, the ammo caches are plentiful and fair, especially with the grenades. You do get a lot of grenades as mm-hmm. well. So that does help. I didn't 
tis true. Unlike yeah. Commando, where you, you rarely right. run into grenades. I, if you don't know to be conservative with your ammo, it's kind of a pain. But I, I think it's it's pretty fair, the the amount they distribute. So it's not really a, a big issue for me. Now, one thing interesting about this game is that you could blow stuff up and um, not be in the tank and still get fuel canisters. Right. I don't think the fuel canisters do anything for you if you're not in the tank, but I could swear that the NES version actually does refill your bullets and your grenades. Do you maybe at least just score points for them? For getting them? Yeah, I was going to say you'd at least think they'd give you points. Well, yeah, I'm sure pretty sure you get points for it, but I'm thinking they don't do anything else other... But like I said, in the NES version, I could have sworn that you get more bullets and more grenade or more grenades if you run over a, uh, a fuel tank without actually being in the tank. You could have sworn? I'm really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Phil. Uh, <laughs> uh, we like having fun with Phil. Phil's a fun guy. That is a big no-no. <laughs> I want to get a clip of him <sighs> saying, so you're frustrating. You don't do that. I love that. I want to get a clip of him saying, oh, you're a poopy head great. or something. Yes. He's a, he's a nice guy. I like him. So, Sean O'Shaughnessy. How did you know my real... I never told you my real name, but Hyde cut that out. Isn't anyway. that an Irish thing? Principal uh, O'Shag Hennessy. Anyway. The Carly Warriors, to me, when I first, when I first started playing, it's like, this is... This is Commando. Yeah. But there was one thing about Akari Warriors that did kind of make me think, well, this is kind of nice. There's, there was just something about the reds and the blues in the game that kind of made me think, this is a nice looking game, but that's about it. It is pretty. Yeah. And everything else is like, oh, it's another one of these, you're in the military and you throw th- grenades and you shoot people. Yay! You know, very I, been there, done that. At I, the time. Yeah, I, I think when I was when I the last episode I was on, I gave Mappy and WWF WrestleFest a four. I don't like this game as much as as those games, so I think I'm going to adjust mine to a three. Mappy is amazing. Yeah, you guys checked out the uh, the 2600 oh. homebrew, have you? I have not checked it out yet. I haven't. It yet is either. amazing. I love Mappy. Oh, is gosh, it, is the it completed? Homebrew is amazing. I think they're still working okay. on it, but what they have is freaking amazing. The last version I have, I tried out, did not have sound implemented yet. Okay. I think I'm just going to wait till it's done, but I'm very, very much looking forward to that one. Oh, gosh, it looks amazing. Is there a uh, EverDrive for the 2600 or 1700? There's a Harmony cart. Okay. Yeah, same type Harmony, of Harmony cart for the, tw- for the 2600. Um, there's a SD cartridge in the works. There are a couple in the works for the 7800 that they're having a really hard time making work on basically it's it's a luck of the draw if it works on your console which, Darn. which is why they're not releasing it yet that's so weird oh, wait, I, I mean do, 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 there you go um that's okay. about right but yeah just finishing my thoughts on akari warriors i think what it is kind of reminds me how uh when i was in seventh and eighth grade the reading teacher who's also uh, he was he taught several subjects actually he had said if you submit a book report on a science fiction book, don't expect to get higher than a C. It's, it was just something he could not get over. He, he just could yeah. He said, you have to make me really, really, really want to read this book if you want it higher than a C. And you have to really, really teach me if you want me to. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, he was one of my favorite teachers ever, actually. Even though but, his opinions were BS? That was just one opinion. Jeez. 
Okay, one opinion. Sorry. Sport, yeah, you're right. You're right. Sports. Seriously, there was a sports book I kind of only half read because I just lost interest, and I got an A plus on the report. Nice. Because <laughs> he had told us before, he's like, I like sports books, <laughs> but getting. But anyway, um, that's kind of my attitude. If there's a game that involves you being in the military, I'm already bored. I am. The exceptions, like, okay, if you're actually a person in the military, if you're controlling a vehicle, that's another story. Like, I like armor attack very much, and I talked about how I was playing failsafe on the 7800. I really like that. I don't know why. There's just something about is it that. Just, is it just because of genre fatigue? It, it's probably genre fatigue. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Ah, it's like there's fatigue, so, army. There's, <laughs> no, I actually didn't. That was cool. So you did that. Is it just because there's so many games where it's like, oh, I'm a tortured soldier so. in this game, you know? Like, the the whole, like, yeah, I've seen Rainbow First Blood. That's fine. I it's kind of it. like the galloping. I, I've never talked about this before because I'm just making it up right now. It's like the galloping ghost drinking game on Monday night. Let's see. One drink if the new game is a one-on-one fighting game. Two drinks if it's a fight and go right. Three drinks if the game has the letter I in the title. Ah, oh, dang it. It's the game Zizix. Drink an entire freaking crate of uh, tequila if it's a ninja game. Oh. I do want to get up there and try ga- that Brave Firefighters game that they hate released a couple oh, of yeah, weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is fair. It was I wish they'd hurry up and release f- uh, Fish in a Barrel. I'd love to try that. That is one other game I've been playing a lot in the last... Like week and a half is uh, <clears throat> Ninja Golf on the seventy eight hundred. I lo- uh, I don't like golf. I don't like ninjas, but I love Ninja Golf. The concept is just so bizarre. It's <laughs> but it works. There's a couple of golf games I really like, but only a couple. Literally two: uh, Ninja Golf and Pangia Fantasy Golf on the PSP. <laughs> um, I usually like Mean eighteen but, Golf on the seventy eight hundred. But I played a bunch of Ninja Golf this last. I would say week and a half, just because I'm trying to I'm trying to finish it. I'm trying to just get as good as I can. People possibly complain that get there are no it. good sports games on the on the 7800. They point to football, the basketball, or they, they put touchdown the, football the, the is terrible. Football, real sports, baseball. Yeah, but ninja golf is a good sports game. The two genres of sports that the 7800 is really good at are basketball and golf. Both golf games, ninja golf and mean 18, are excellent. And both basketball games, basket brawl and one on one, are excellent. Uh, th- three also. The sport of food fighting is amazing. Obviously. Well, food fighting is more of a sport than golf is. There, I said it. <laughs> Here's the thing yeah, about golf games, and we, we're going to get to Sean's today. rating in a moment. But Ninja Golf works three. Because, you, because you can... Uh, oh, a three. Well, because there's a lot of walking between between shots. As George Carlin said, you hit the ball, then you run walk, run over to get it. And then you hit it again. I say, put it in your pocket and go home. <laughs> but so you yeah. can do anything between the time when you hit the ball. So fighting ninjas and stuff. Why between. not a Mario Brothers platformer between holes? <laughs> I think that exists. Uh, yeah, I think it does actually. It's like a, it's a game I like Android or something. Uh, yeah, like probably. a physics game. But yes. So Sean, you rate Ikari Warriors three. A three. When I first saw this in the arcade, I didn't play it. Because it just the game just looked, I mean, looked like a mess, like a lot going on or whatever. But then one day I was like, ah, screw it, I'll give it a try. And, and I really liked it. I thought it was it was a really fun game. But I had a hard time mastering the turning control on it. And uh, that kind of, you know, ruined it 
a little bit for me. So I'm going to rate this a three, but if we're talking about the home versions, I would much rather play the 7800 version than the arcade version, uh, to be blatantly honest with you. Uh, My man. But uh, so there you go. I would too. Yeah. It's a good, the 7800 version is a good version. I've never played it. I will either bring my uh, my cart to the Midwest Gaming Classic, or um, seeing as you do own it legally on the seventy eight hundred, you could you put it on the Mateos cart. Oh, I could. I have two Mateos you, carts too. So. You'd be surprised. It's I find it to be a lot more playable on a home version, and my preference on the home version is the seventy eight hundred. Yeah, I would too because they didn't add three other additional long as hell stages like they uh. did on the NES. The NES yeah, the version NES, is they, the worst of the three. Ruined it. I like the NES version, but it is the worst of the three just because it's so dang tedious. Yeah, because they dumped pee-pee in my coffee. Well, why? Why would you do that? They ruined it. They just destroyed it. Yeah, they did. It was did. already a little tedious. The 2600 version, for what it is, is actually pretty good, too. It, yeah. I mean, you know, it's a, on the 2600, but you know, unlike... I think, the, I think the NES version is the worst home port. Yeah, without a doubt. Like I said, I still like it, but it's if I'm if I had a choice between the seventy eight hundred and the NES version, seventy eight hundred version wins every time. I just wish the exactly. seventy eight hundred version had the pokey chip. Yeah, Even though the cool. sound and sound effects in it are pretty good, it needs the pokey chip. With that, we come to the end of another Pie Factory podcast. Well, should we probably reveal the uh, the theme for tonight's episode? I've totally forgotten what the theme is, so uh, yeah, why don't well, you do let, that? Just sit down, Skippy, and open up your ear hole, because <clears throat> these are games that have well-known cheat codes on the NES versions. Oh. Contra, up, up, down, Wait. down, left, right, left, right, BA, start, and Akari Warriors, ABBA. ABBA. Oh, yeah. ABBA. ABBA. And again, the angry video game nerd episode of the NES version of Akari Warriors makes... Frequent use of ABBA. <laughs> yeah, because he brings Kyle Justin back to life. Yep, several using times. <laughs> ABBA. Yeah. yeah, it's great. So, yeah, that is so awesome. I thought you were talking about the level select code. No. Which is very long and impossible to remember. Yeah, just like uh, they found out, pretty much almost every place that the level select code on Ikaria Warriors is published, it's published wrong. They tell you the wrong place yeah. to do it. And they tell you to do it before the title when you're supposed to do it during on the, the title. title. Yeah. So. yeah. And I think... Which is far easier to do oh. is on the title. <laughs> it got... There was no way you could do that before the title. You had, like, what, two seconds? If that? No. There was no way. No, you have a little more than that. But, but still. Yeah, it's still... I can't, I can't believe anyone could do it. Because it's, like, 28 characters long. Yeah, yeah, something like that, so... 28 inputs long. You'd have to be Sonic the Hedgehog... In order Sonic to do the it. Hedgehog combined with Rain Man. <laughs> so I think with that, uh, Sean, should we uh, thank some people? And I think we should have to thank a new no. person, too. Yeah, we should thank the following people who have sponsored Pie Factory Podcast over Patreon.com. Uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Pie Factory Podcast. I want to do one. <clears throat> Listen, do you all, want money or not? Can I announce one of them? Bah! <clears throat> We've just received a m- new monthly pledge from Big Paul Steel. <laughs> Oh, I was off. So. <laughs> I'll do yeah, it you usually do it before Big. the reveal. Big Paul Steele is one of our donors. Thank you very much, Paul. He's new. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Paul. 
And he also generously donated to uh, the Atari 7800 Homebrew Podcast, too. Awesome. And he sent and he sent a very nice tweet about that, too. So I was like, ooh, maybe other people will see that and uh, also spread some love and uh, help us get uh, someone who's better at uh, timing the soundboard and uh, other stuff. But uh, thank you to Paul Steele and also in alphabetical order by surname, sort of. Uh, thank you to D. Alex. Uh, I don't think that's his actual, real, full first and last name, but that's okay. And thank you to Atari Bytes, Rory Coleman, Michael D'Angelo, Kyle Etter. Uh, also, thanks to Art Guglielmo, uh, Tim Foley. Uh, thank you to Nate Lockhart. Uh, ooh, I wonder if we'll make it three years in a row. We see him at Midwest Gaming Classic. Uh, thanks to Greg Polander, Jonas Rulo, Keith Sheehan, Underground Retrocade, uh, Richard Valdez. And again, thanks again, Paul Steele. And thanks, of course, to Steve Tui at Tuiville.com. Is it or is it dot net? I think it's, I think it's dot com. com. So, oh, there's one, oh, one other thing, a uh, piece of news. Oh, mentioned before how video games then and now, the store owned by the famous Sean Kelly was closed temporarily. It is now open again in its new, at its new location at 4850 North Harlem Avenue in Harwood Heights, Illinois. Just across the it's street the, from the hip. Actually, it's about a mile north of there because oh, the hip okay. is at Harlem and Irving Park Road. Irving oh, Park Road okay. is 4,000 north. Harlem Irving Plaza, hence the yeah, hip. Yeah, the new place is at 4,850 north, which is... Oh, okay. um, the other which direction. Is, um, yeah, that's... Uh, that's north of there. A mile and one-sixteenth north. Okay, I was wrong. And it's on the nor- uh, southbound side of the street uh, where a blockbuster used to be. And uh, it might actually be easier for me to get out there at, the, at that location, actually. just It's not far at all, but the drive is probably easier for me personally. So I got to check them out. So let's continue with the thankies. Uh, the thankies. Um, the thankies. Thank you to um, Andy Ryerson and Tim Evans. And we yeah, also we like to thank all, the Beatles the for Patreon? starting it all. Yes, did we, we did. finish the Patreon supporters? Yes, we did. Oh, okay. Yes, we did. I missed that because I'm not paying attention as per normal. I can't believe that I don't support you guys on patreon i need to do that as soon as i get paid see there you go everybody there you go yeah for just the price of a cup of coffee i was thinking the same thing <laughs> i drink really expensive coffee so you guys should look forward to that oh awesome oh, wait you go to starbucks yeah real expensive coffee yeah it just kills me that at the local hot dog joint in my neighborhood you could get an entire meal for the price of some of the some of the single drinks at star Starbucks. I remember yeah, there was a great uh, there true. was a great meme. I think it was last year year before last around Christmas time. I'm protesting Starbucks this Christmas season not because of the the color of their cups but because their coffee's expensive and not very good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Anyway, I, I I don't go to Starbucks but uh, there's a coffee place that I go to, but yeah, I, I had the same experience. I went to this place in my building that I work in called the dog house, which is spelled like D O G G H A U S. Oh, shizzle. They're trying, they're trying to be cute. And they have like a chili cheese dog for two forty nine that comes Ooh. with, with fries and a drink. And, the small size of a regular coffee at the big chain coffee place is like three something. It's like, really? 
I can get this a delicious beef hot dog over here for you know, with fries and a drink. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, by the way, Starbucks, if you're listening, this does not mean we're not opening to have you uh, sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> I do like their tea. They have good tea at Starbucks. Oh, you want to have some yeah. fun at, at Starbucks? My wife found this out the hard way. Ask for tea with lemon. They'll oh. just self-implode. They don't know what the hell to do. They don't know what to do with that information. <laughs> oh, we we have we have a lime. That's uh, kind of like a lemon. I wish what? I were they making that. They don't have lemons. Up. No. Then don't serve tea. No kidding. If you don't have lemons, you don't get the privilege. Wait, the Starbucks. Of serving Starbucks tea. one of those places that has pitchers of water that has lemon slices in it. I don't think so. Could be like just the Starbucks that used like, to be in Barnes and Noble that uh, did that. Starbucks that has like slices of cucumber floating in it. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> yeah, cucumber water—the big thing at Whole Foods these days. Yes, I want melon water. Yeah. Uh, do you have any water with a uh, a light radish floating in it? Thank you. <laughs> I would like other dish water if you have it, please. Yes. Do you have the? Poison- you see? You see? <laughs> Your stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid. Do you have the poison <laughs> ivy water? <laughs> <laughs> My throat isn't scratchy enough this week. So, Time yeah. for go to bed. Yes, yes. So, hey, you know what? I we agree. should probably announce the games for the next episode. Oh, what okay. Uh, yeah. So I guess uh, we are going to talk about Wizard of War. Mm-hmm. And? Um, 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 wait, wait. Don't tell me. Um, um, tut, tut. Um, Donkey Kong? Oh, dang it. Uh, oh, Toot on Com. Or as my brother called it, Tutankam. Tutankam. King Tut. Uh, yeah. Wizard of War and Tutankham. And that's going to be uh, our next episode, which will be in a couple of weeks. Steve so. Martin, please don't sue us. And by the way, we're also welcoming to you sponsoring us as well. Oh, of course. Get some publicity for your uh, bluegrass stuff. Now, publicity for his comedy, which I believe is sold at Starbucks. <laughs> Did you see that Steve Martin has online comedy classes now? I've seen some clips of it, and I've been seriously considering doing it, because Lord knows I'm not funny. There you go. So you don't need Tor's it, trying Jimmy. to tell you, you something. Yes, I know. So once again, thanks to our friends Tim and Andy. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, for this show because we were just too lazy to do it ourselves. So we've been. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Of course. Where's Andy? You can find oh, us. There he is. I don't even think we said where oh, we yes. come from. Where do you come yeah. from? <laughs> Mars. Yeah. Oh, where do you go? We host Fine. the Super Podcast Brothers we Retro Gaming Show, which you can find at superpodcastbros.com. Yeah, or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash superpodcastbrothers. Or on oh, Twitter to say at podcastbros. About your uh, website, uh, link in the show notes. Yes. Of course. Super Podcast Brothers, brother. <laughs> brother Jerry, dude. Pythons. Again, see... Talk to you guys in a couple of weeks, to our listeners, to the guys, to the gals, to the whoever else. So, bye-bye, everybody. Oh, oh, I have to sign off with my, um, uh, with a, uh, oh, yes. um, oxymoron. If I, have, I didn't, pay. oh, oxymoron. There we go. That's an oxymoron. So, oxymoron. It means wise fool. That's what you use to clean zits off of a stupid person. Bye-bye. Oxymoron. This episode of the Pie Factory podcast was edited and produced by Hyde St. Pierre. Opening and closing theme is the Happy L composed by Sean Courtney. 
Love theme from Adenda and Arata was composed by Jim Goble. Follow the Pie Factory podcast online via Facebook, on Twitter at Pie Factory PFP, or on piefactorypodcast.com. Support the show at patreon.com slash piefactorypodcast. I'm wearing my Rampage t-shirt, by the way. My Rampage uh, the fil- film crew t-shirt. I'm actually wearing my 2017 Midwest Gaming Classic t-shirt. <clears throat> and that I'm, works good I'm, on podcasts. Andy, what color underwear, underwear f- are you wearing today? <laughs> brown. Uh, you don't want to know. Yeah, just boring old it dark was white. Oh, brown in the back, yellow in the front. <laughs> what? <laughs> like his mullet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, wearing no my, uh, steak, I'm wearing my Food Fight Stay Classic shirt that Andy bought me for Christmas. Palcom ended in like 96, 95 or something. So Someone they drinking a Manhattan back there, or <laughs> yeah, no, who's, who's breaking out the old fashioned here for this contra discussion? <laughs> I like ice, all right. <laughs> yeah, ice, ice, ice Shawnee. Din, 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 din. But yeah, ice, ice so, Brimley. Oh, let me so, mute uh, my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Learn to mute the microphone. Oh, that's Steely Dan. Never mind. It's got a similar layout. I, I don't know if I've ever actually played through the in- time for go to bed. Oops, sorry, <laughs> what the hell? Are you telling us? <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to open up a new tab in Firefox, and I and I have that. I have the T mapped to that, and it's uh. <laughs> anyway. Screw you in the ass with a chainsaw. Exactly. Get to the chopper. It's not a tumor. <laughs> Kiss my ass, Sean. <laughs> ah, I love play, that podcast. Play the one with the about with the the wagging of the tongue. All right, what's the what's the context we're using here for that? <laughs> there is no context. Oh. It's just, just want to hear it. Tongue out of your mouth and wag it up and down as fast as you can. <laughs> and that is and that is lazy mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. Um, that's fantastic. I'm so glad I bought that record.